Hello, my friends. Welcome to yet another quarantine edition of Discussion Ready. Uh, This episode marks the first in a series that DeAndre and I are going to be doing about Star Wars. And in this episode, we dive into the prequel trilogy, as well as the Clone Wars TV show, which uh, DeAndre really uh, goes hard in. He watched um, the entire show, and uh, he came prepared to discuss, as we say. So, uh, it's a good one, and uh, let's just dive right in. Welcome to Discussion Ready. Misa ready. Misa want to start. Can you see me? Can I see you? Can you hear me? I can hear you. You can? I can hear you fine. Excellent. Can you hear me fine? I can. So fun. Misa excited. That's good. I'm glad. Um, Bombad. This be good hello everybody welcome to another new episode uh we did some work for you guys we put in work this week we as in deandre montoya rushed his ass off and lost precious moments to make sure he got this done because a certain someone was full speed ahead Okay, so the backstory to this episode is <clears throat> talking about Die Hard with a Vengeance. Happy yeah, so movie came out in history today. It was Die Hard with a Vengeance, the the movie that we're going to be talking about today. Oh no, my air conditioning can off well, came on. Are you? Can you still hear me? All right. Yeah, I heard like a. <laughs> I heard like a really horrible noise for a moment and then it was over. <laughs> right, I'm going I'm to put my blanket over. I'm going to do this the old school way. This is what you guys get with a long distance show. Quarantine times. This is, uh, this is what we're doing. This is what you're living with. Yeah, well. I got nothing. Anyways, the background of the show is uh, we came up with the idea... Like about a week ago, <clears throat> and I was like, "Let's watch all the movies because they all just hit Disney Plus, and um, let's just watch them in a row." And I was gonna watch one movie every day for nine days and watch all of them in a row. And then um, DeAndre was like, "Well, hold on, like I would like to participate in this, but I'm watching Clone Wars, and this is not fair. <laughs> I should be able to finish Clone Wars before I watch Episode Three, so I have a more." meaningful experience so <clears throat> the live tweets that happened um episode one and two i went solo for those and then uh, deandre finished clone wars within what did you finish it within like three days that was amazing okay so here's here let's let let me precursor myself so franco the reason franco went solo on one and two is because i had actually watched one and two not long ago um, and there's only so much you can expose yourself to the prequel series. They're not bad, but I don't want to watch them repeatedly. 
Um, so I was like, Franco, go ahead and watch the first two. I already saw them. I don't want to rewatch them right now. Uh, <laughs> and then while you're doing that, I'll watch the Clone Wars, and then we can watch episode three. Well, Franco's like, well, I want to watch episode three after two. And I was like, just be patient so we can watch it together. <laughs> um, I just need to finish the Clone Wars because it intersects with three, and it'll give a new perspective and something beneficial to what the third movie is and more insight. And... I had already I had already started the show, so I was already on like season two or three. But then Franco was going like warp speed, so I was just like, uh, "Okay, okay, hold on, breathe a little bit. Let me let me try to finish this." And so I like, <laughs> pushed on quickly. So I got got up in the morning and watched all day, and whether it was in the background or not, just paying attention to it. Um, all day, every day, until I finally finished it, and. Man, that the final few episodes, you guys, whoever watched, have watched it, you know, the dedicated fans of Clone Wars, just like those like few four episodes that could have been its own movie and the way it's structured and the, the we'll talk about it. We're going to talk about it all. I have certain key points that I noted because I thought they were important to the overall lore of Star Wars, including episode three. And... Yeah, so I, I trucked along so I could get that done. And then me and Franco live tweeted episode three and we Zoom called during that time so we could talk to each other while we were watching it and live tweeting at the same time. Which was <clears throat> honestly pretty dope. And uh, we plan on doing it again and actually, hopefully, including some of you, but we will talk about that more later. Um, so to start with, uh, I think we're going to dive into Clone Wars. So, well, actually, no, what we were talking about to go back into it. Welcome guys. This is our first episode of Star Wars, uh, the prequel series. We're going to be talking all three movies, including Clone Wars, um, and happy anniversary. It's been 15 years since the prequel trilogy concluded and that's a happy coincidence to what we are doing today. We didn't even know about that um, until it, it earlier. Was, it was so crazy. I saw it this morning and sent it to DeAndre and was like, what the hell? Did you know this? So episode three was released in theaters. Uh, yeah. was it, Is it 15 years ago? Uh, yeah, 15 years. It's at, well, what are we, 2005? Or we're 2020, 2005? Yeah, so that's yeah, that's 15 years ago. So today, as of today, it's been 15 years ago, um, on the day that we happen to be doing a podcast about it. And we decided, Franco forgot about this, but we'll just go into it. Um, we decided <laughs> we were going to go. We'll talk about Phantom Menace. We're going to go into um, Attack of Clones. Then I will go in with Clone Wars, and then we'll talk about the third one together. Um, and just what we learned and just we're going to celebrate Star Wars since it seems to be coincidentally the perfect time to do so and to highlight a better vibe on the show currently as things in the world are kind of iffy. Yes. And um, if, if you guys did not watch uh, the prequel trilogy with us, uh, that's okay. We're also going to watch the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. 
and we want you guys to uh, watch along with us. And um, so we're going to like tweet out and uh, put on our Instagram the time that we're going to be watching it so you guys can watch it at the same time and, you know, tweet about it at the same time. And it'll be fun. It'll be a cool thing that we can all do together. Um, but, um, to know, we are begrudgingly watching the sequel trilogy because it's flavorless. It's like no spice. But we'll talk about that when we get there. Yes, when the time comes, we will talk about that. Um, unique uh, enough, when I was out in the world, I overheard a young lady that I was near talking about the new trilogy and her thoughts on it, just from a distance. But I'll bring that up on that that too. Okay, cool. So I guess we're starting with episode one then. <laughs> Deontay is right. I did forget that we talked. We talked about the structure. Um, well, you haven't watched it recently, but like, what are you? Do you have any thoughts from the last time that you did watch it? Well, I watched it in like January. Uh, you know, and I know that's a few months ago, but I mean, it's not like it's. There's a lot of forgettable stuff on it, and I think the most entertaining thing about episode one, honestly, is um, the the pod racing is probably the highlight of the film because. Okay, I, I gotta stop you right there. Everybody says that. M- my wife said that. I fucking hate the pod racing. It doesn't matter if you hate it. It's it's the most like it's not the most standout, but it's the again. So what I was telling Franco about um, the prequel trilogy is that it gets so much hate from like anybody, and I was telling Franco about this, and I'm sorry if you're one of them, but. The reasoning I I believe that there's so much hate is because there's not enough boom boom pow pow, um, <laughs> and it's it's very talky and political and slow burning, and we're, it's it's um lore building and less of like father and son going at it and facing off against each other for the balance of the the galaxy at hand blah 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 because the Republic is thriving and dealing with issues at this point and um ultimately it collapses in the third one but it's just it's 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 boring for people to sit there you know and be like it's like it's a it's like a drama you know you're just sitting there and you're like i'm bored Ugh. Oh, yeah it's so much more world building yeah than the original trilogy. if you're thinking about it in a similar context of like dramas you know an older audience will find it like captivating be like oh my god the the world was amazing but whatever but also at the same time like it's not just about that not having enough boom boom pow pow but um (laughs) i get get the the thought process of like george lucas kind of overdoing it with cgi and new technology and skywalker ranch and um industrial light magic going like insane with like the effects um but it 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 was an early on like early 2000s you know you're you have this technology like we want to use it to our the best of our advantage and sometimes it just doesn't work out and i think one of the weirdest parts specifically for one for um episode one is the uh the creation of the original versus the re remastered version i guess you'd call it the re-edited version where disney has the uh did, did disney have did you watch it on, did you watch it on disney plus right yeah i can't remember 
on 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 the Disney Plus one, was it Puppet Yoda or was it CG Yoda? CG Yoda. They replaced okay. him. Okay, yeah. So I remember um, when I watched. That's right. So in January when I watched it, I remember seeing Yoda and like this doesn't seem correct. I was like I was confused and I was like I'm pretty sure Yoda was a puppet. So in doing research after the movie, I realized it, it was, he was a puppet and the Disney plus one is the CG one that we get in two and three. And they just went back and CG'd one. Honestly, that's probably one of the better decisions made because Yoda is like this dopey, ugly ass looking creature in one. He's the worst Yoda is that fucking puppet. <laughs> and I don't understand why they didn't just take the same puppet they had in the original trilogy. And I know. <laughs> Just like de-age him a little bit, you know, like maybe a, le- a little bit less wrinkles, but no, they made him like a cone head and his eyes are like crooked and wrong and like, it's, yeah, it's so ugly. And the fact that they even like allowed the release of the movie um, on that basis alone, but that also limited Yoda in the first movie. Like he couldn't do any action sequences, you know, cause he was a puppet. Whereas in two and three, he's like in the action um one he's just sitting around everywhere and just like mm, 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 mm. Um, <laughs> excellent yoda <impression>. yeah. <laughs> but honestly uh just <clears throat> one of the things that i think the clone wars enhances uh is let me rephrase that one of the things i think episode one benefits from is the clone wars because of the uh ongoing storyline with Darth Maul and you get this whole epic uh timeline with him and everybody loves Darth Maul. He was an amazing character in one, a great introduction, everything like that. But then of course he presumably dies at the end of one. Um only for you to find out whether depending on what you've watched, if you watch solo you saw um Darth Maul emerge at the end of that movie. Um, or if you've already were watching the Clone Wars, you know that he was alive there or depending on what you where you picked up on him. But Clone Wars literally picks up where after like he got cut in half and um, it's been a few years, but it picks up the story and you kind of get the backstory of what happened. But Darth Maul was probably the best part of it. Um, and with the Clone Wars going on and stuff, it definitely further solidifies the fact that uh Darth Maul is indeed the Phantom Menace and not Jar Jar Binks like that theory has gone on to exist um and Jar Jar actually is a a pretty decent character in Clone Wars as well I was telling Franco about that but my my thoughts in one is I agree it's 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 I'm surprised it didn't stop Star Wars it might have slowed it down a little bit but like the the production value and the overall like movie it wasn't like it it was like trying too hard to be like the first like episode four you know like little budget um trying to be creative and create something but it just didn't work out the same because it already has the backing of like studios and stuff um yeah for me like watching the movie and just starting the movie i was like Okay, because, like, the first time I saw episode one, I was, I think, like, six or seven. You know, I, I saw it, like, when it came out on DVD, 
as a kid and it was the first star wars movie that i saw the full thing so that's kind of like the mem the the way i remember it you know <clears throat> but watching it again now i'm watching it as someone who's seen the original films and i was sort of like trying to imagine what it would be like to to go into the theater and be like oh man like I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I've seen the original movies. There's finally a new, a new Star Wars movie. And uh, I'm going to see the backstory. I'm so excited. And then, you know, not really knowing what you're going to see. And then it's amazing. Like the movie starts with taxes. It's like, <laughs> it literally begins. And, and the way that it starts is it's like, there is a, a dispute regarding taxes with the Trade Federation and the Republic. And these two Jedi are going to sort that out. And so already, like within the first, within the crawl, within the opening crawl, it's like, <laughs> it just, it just like dives right into like what you're talking about with like the, it being more of like a, a political drama than a, than an action adventure movie. And it just kind of like dives right into the, into the weeds. Well, you got to build the, you know, like you got to understand the world is not in chaos and the Republic has been reigning for a thousand, a thousand almost years of like peace and prosperity in the galaxy. And there's, this is is literally the beginning of the cracks happening and the, the chipping away and the plan in place in the background of what's actually transpiring. And yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like that part of it, I, you know, I actually kind of like the political aspect of, of the prequels and I acknowledge that there's a lot, I, you know, I don't think, especially one and two, I don't think they're very good movies at all, but um, I think that the, the political parts of them are really interesting. And I love that like George Lucas was so into the political aspect of the movies that it's even in the opening crawl of episode one he's like okay this this like this is what's going on because you're right like you have to show the republic is going to be coming apart and the way that he chooses to chooses to do that is through like trade and um you know separatists like i didn't even know what that word meant until i was you know until i was like a teenager like oh separatists they're they're leaving the republic it's simple too because you know they use a very simple word for that um but it teaches you, like at a young age, the like a political process. You know, like if you take out a lot of it, like there's a lot of campiness. Of course, it's a movie overall, but you could you can kind of get the understanding of a government, you know, and how mm-hmm. how things operate and how things can fall apart, you know, easily, um, and corruption and yeah. greed, blah blah blah. But um, I can see why when this the whole thing took off and George Lucas had created this whole saga where you have like studio heads and people being like, you want to do what? Like, what are the first three episodes? That sounds boring. Do you have something else? Oh, what about this one? (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. That's episode four. Like, yeah. Why not that one? You know? And be like, well, that's episode four. I want to do, I, that's weird. Why would I do the fourth one first? Well, this one has enough boom, boom, pow, pow. This is what audiences want. Um, and so, like, I can see why the way it developed in reality became four, five, six, one, two, three, because you know four was probably the strongest start to the thing. Could you imagine like starting the Star Wars universe 
with the first movie, it would have like probably bombed and people would be like, that was boring. That was stupid sci-fi. Like it was all political yeah. and ugh, I don't want to hear about like blah, blah. And there was this annoying character. His name was Jar Jar Binks. And yeah. That was, yeah. Uh, it, it would have been like Dune. Like it would have been too much for people to follow, and you know, cause they weren't invested in it. Yeah, exactly. And so I get it. And it, and then you, you, as a fan of Star Wars, you tolerate the first three movies because you know where it leads. And mm-hmm. in the back of your head, you're like, it's so impactful. But also at the same time, the nerds of the world that have like followed Star Wars since the beginning at that point knew that there was like the Clone Wars, you know, and like the development of what was to come. So people were optimistically anticipating like oh 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 episode two will probably be about the clone wars and episode three will be like the conclusion and and we're gonna have it's gonna get better guys it's gonna get better seriously and then you get more political drama and none of the clone wars whatsoever and it's like what what happened um and then you get the expanded universe you get the series and it made so much sense for Clone Wars to be a series. It could have even been a live action series. If Disney Plus existed back then, I'm sure Disney would have, and all this existed today, I'm sure Disney would probably have greenlit uh, a Clone Wars. And they may, who knows? They might think, you know, let's do a Clone Wars uh, live action adaptation. Um, but I mean, it's not necessary. Like the the animated series itself did such a good job um, from the very beginning. And it, it, it has the same vibe as the first two movies and the third one. Like you're bored at the beginning. It's political. It's it covers all this like boring jargon and the feder the the trade federation and the techno union and all and the separatists and it, it has all that boring stuff. But it has a lot of the the war. You know, it it the reality of war yeah. and you get invested in it because you're like, oh my god. And then the fact that you know this goes from two to three in between and you get to see all the moments in between and you're like oh oh this is impactful and the and george lucas initially only expected the clone wars to be like 100 episodes and it ended up being more than that and he uh he the initial idea behind the series itself was uh vignette moments you know they're supposed to have little moments with oh this is the battle of this at at this point in time in the clone wars oh we're gonna talk about Cad Bane and the Bounty Hunter uh, event that happened here. You know, it was supposed to be just like these minor stories that covered moments of the Clone Wars, but it was yeah. such a great story well done that they ended up creating these full story arcs and Ahsoka becomes a forefront character and and things got shifted around very quickly and they're like, wow, we have something here. And you notice that at the first, like the first season is pretty much vignetted and random and like random like battles and moments but then each season kind of starts building its own arc and everything and even season seven is back to the original like season one we'll get we'll get more into it i don't want to get too far into like talking about that because we're still talking about episode one but um yeah episode one has deals a lot with like the trade federation you know and like taxing in just like what you were saying and and people being fed up and being like this isn't right and uh, why does why does Coruscant get to be this rich, fancy, high end planet with all the 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 posh people, and I have to live on this Jakku style planet with all the junk, and I don't get anything, and I get screwed, but I still have to 
pay my same tax, whatever, you know, and I make, I make this for this. Why do I have to pay? You know, it, it becomes a, a big, big thing, a big issue. Yeah. And, you know, I know we're going to, uh, you know, we're not at, we're not in episode three yet, but um, man, you know, like something that was really interesting for me to watch, like all three prequels back to back was that, um, you know, just talking about the political like part of it, I can see why people had a hard time following the three movies and like what was going on exactly, because, you know, you kind of have to watch all three of them together to really understand like Palpatine's arc, for instance. But um, it was, it was really fascinating to me to like start out and see, you know, episode one and then episode two, because in those first two movies, like they're, they're sort of, um, they're sort of like political philosophy. Like they're very, <clears throat> they're definitely talking about like things that relate to the real world. I mean, you know, he's talking about like, like you're saying like taxes and trade and like how um, giving kind of like a framework for especially kids to be able to understand how politics work. But the first two really don't feel to me personally, like they haven't have much to do with what was going on at the time. But the third one, there's that really intense moment where I was like, I remember I was like watching it the third time. And I was thinking about the fact that, um, you know, so it's 2005. So like is the year that it came out. So, you know, we have post nine 11, uh, the Iraq war. And, you know, I'm sure obviously he hadn't been reelected when the film was being made, but Bush had just been reelected after um, the movie came out at the time the movie came out, he had just been reelected. And there's a part when, you know, Anakin is sort of talking about like the, the tensions between the Jedi and the emperor and how he's getting frustrated with the way the system is working. And then Padme looks at him and she says, do you ever think we're on the wrong side? And he's like, what are you talking about? And she goes into this, really interesting moment where she's talking about like what if the democracy we thought we believed in no longer exists and we have to end the we have to end this war and um and he's like you're sounding like a separatist and i mean man like that was just so powerful because like i was realizing as i was watching it like that is what people were saying at the time like are we really doing the right thing in this war that we're in and the, oh you sound like a terrorist you know like I don't know, like just seeing that part for me and kind of putting it in its context was really, um, it was eye-opening because I never noticed that when I was younger. Yeah, obviously. that's a, a good point. Um, the Clone Wars, Wars also de delves into that with Padme and the Separatists. And and I told you like Ahsoka, I'll, I'll go into that once we reach that. But um, Padme, there's more to it. And the reason behind that like like sentiment in the movie Um based off mm -hmm. of what happens in in the show um but episode one um also you know deals with obviously the chosen one we found the the prophecy we you know um and it's all about from rags to riches because they literally literally the jedi just swooped in and picked up anakin from nothing and made yeah. him into like this powerful entity yeah 
Yeah, and you really see the effect on that that has on him in episode two. Um, you know, he's kind of being told his whole life that he's like this special person that he's going to save the save the galaxy. And then in episode two, you kind of see that he's already becoming like, you know, he's talking about how Obi Wan is holding him back, and they're not telling him things about the Force because they know he's too powerful. And he has, I don't know, like it, it's so weird. It was weird watching it for me because it was sort of like wow, like this guy already is kind of has the ability to become evil. Yeah, and in the, there, and, even even in the first movie, there's moments like it. you don't really like feel the weight of it because he's a kid and he's cute and you're like, oh, little Anakin. But like there's a lot of moments that he like shows his aggression and anger as a kid and being frustrated being where he yeah. is and um being like and having like the feeling that he's meant for more and just like the way he builds his own speeder as a child and all this stuff he's already doing and it's like very obvious that this this is more of a more than just a regular human mm-hmm. um and well thanks for sharing the snacks if you were here, I would give you. Uh, a oh, it's a cookie, huh? Um, but yeah. that's how that's really the key points in episode one is you know Anakin is discovered, uh, Phantom Menace exists, and I I do agree that it would have been nice if Maul didn't get killed, like he transferred into episode two. Um, mm-hmm. But it's okay because they they kind of fixed all of that by building him down the road, and we'll talk about his backstory because Maul covered, they cover a lot of who Maul is in the show, you know, that you never get off of Phantom Menace or any of the other movies. Um, And it, it like blows my mind the further the show goes into just everything. Uh, And then, yeah, but it's pretty much trade Federation. It's slow, you know? Um, And then you get the battle at the end with Maul and Qui-Gon and, and, um, not Anakin and uh, Obi Wan, and you know Obi Wan in that significance becomes a master. You know he 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 has to be forced to grow up because he's forced to kill Maul, and in, yes. in a in a way yes. actually too, um, which is really nice is you know Obi Wan always felt that he killed Darth Maul in ever since that moment. You know mm-hmm. I I murdered I'm a Jedi and I just killed Maul. Like it technically doesn't go against the code because he's a he he was a Sith, so but at the same time, it's like Obi-Wan hasn't really killed anybody, and the fact that that happened, he's like, Oh my god, I just I just killed some like he I out of anger, you know, because he saw his master (laughs) get murdered in front of him, so he he harnesses his anger in order to to take down Maul, um, Mm -hmm. but in actuality he never killed anybody like and and he never has throughout the whole like clone wars and even in three obi-wan always managed and in four he always was pure because he never actually killed anybody yeah totally um you know it's and it's it's interesting you say that about that being the moment that he kind of has to grow up i wrote about that in my um my essay that I put on our Patreon page, which you guys can read. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's so interesting because like, 
parents are, are a really big part of Star Wars and like the, the relationship that parents have to their children. And, you know, for Luke, one of the crucial things is like, oh, I don't have, you know, my father is like evil, right? Like, um, whereas Anakin, I actually realized watching the, the prequel trilogy over again, actually one of his big um, sources of like pain is that he doesn't have a father. There is no father that he has biologically because he's like a child of the force. And then Qui-Gon kind of becomes like his father, but then Qui-Gon dies. And he sort of, I never realized this weird thing in the movie, like no one, and this is just my thoughts. This isn't like, it's not said explicitly, but I I noticed this thing in the movie that Anakin sort of sees Obi-Wan as like a father type figure because he's, you know, he's talking about, he talks about him the way that you talk about your father, but Obi-Wan obviously sees Anakin as more of a brother. And he, you know, he even says that when he, you know, um, is burning alive. He's like, you know, you were my brother, Um, Anakin. And I realized that's because uh, Obi-Wan saw Qui-Gon as as kind of like a father figure for him. So they they sort of have that in common. Um, And there's more to Qui-Gon also in the Clone Wars, which is cool that Liam Neeson also, they got him to reprise in the show. No, oh, I didn't either. I had to look it up because the show has some questionable moments with casting and we'll go into that one key specific one that was weird for me when I noticed. But um, yeah, I, Qui-Gon has a history that is kind of filled in in Clone Wars and you're like, wait a second, what was going on here? Uh, and it makes me kind of mm-hmm. like want to know more about Qui-Gon himself. But um. Yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. And so, like, once once Qui-Gon gets killed, like, you know, this all-powerful Jedi, and he's much more powerful than the movies will ever lead on, and Clone Wars goes more into that, too. Um, he, you know, to be falled by Maul, and then Obi-Wan still being a Paddy, Paddy, Paddy one, Padawan at that time... Um, <laughs> you know having to literally like transition immediately in that and be like oh my god it's just me um and then takes out mall and then mm-hmm. that's the end of it and then you get that mysterious um ending with the with the funeral of Qui-Gon and Yoda's there with Mace and they're like this worries us because um Maul isn't isn't the main player here Someone else is pulling the strings. Something else is going on. I feel in the force. I just don't know what it is. I can't sense it. And, and they're, mm. they like clearly are like, there's some, I feel an evil, but I don't know what it is. And, and um, I can't remember is, is uh, what's his name? Palpatine. Is he at the funeral of Qui-Gon? I don't um, remember either. I, I vaguely feel like he was. And there's a shot when they talk about evil being around and they like show him, um, I think. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, then we have the celebrate. We also have the celebration at the end of the movie where they're at Naboo and um, you have this whole grand thing and being like, oh, thank you for saving Naboo. We, we owe you greatly, blah, 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 blah. And uh it just ends you know it's in a big pomp and celebration like you would get at the end like 
uh, what was it? Um, in the original trilogy with Luke and Leia and Han and all them getting awarded. But, um, and that's it. That's the first one. Like, all I can remember is speeders, Anakin, Darth Maul. Darth Maul flies off in his little speeder in the desert. Um, Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, Ugly Yoda, uh, uh the uh naboo fight the the weird naboo battle uh the and the and the funeral that's those are like really the moments that i'm that's that's all i remember it and then the the little alien creature that uh owns anakin yeah uh, uh, wow. uh any is that you any in the second yeah any? Yeah, he seems like a really awful like Jewish uncle? stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> like that's all of the aliens in Star Wars. I really, I mean, that's that was another that was a hard part about rewatching the prequels. I was like, man, all these aliens are kind of like racist stereotypes. Like, yeah, yeah. Bad. Well, that's going into that too because it starts since the beginning of Episode One. I, I was talking to you about how like racist they are towards the droids and how it doesn't matter what droid it is, whether yeah. the separatist like uh, droids or the droids they use in everyday life, they treat them like shit. They don't give them the respect, even in Clone Wars. And the Clone Wars actually goes into diving into that a little bit, which was great. Um, but they don't get the respect. They are treated just like, clunky idiotic things when they're much smarter and observe more and retain so much um and then when they try to warn the human or the any of the their masters or anything or give beneficial input they brush it off they're like you're a droid what do you know blah 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 um only to go back around and be like r2 why didn't you say anything i did you asshole like (laughs) like if if should be like you mother <laughs> like i told you and you were like oh i don't know anything blah 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 and then it also is a test the whole show the whole like series is a testament not to c3po c3po has always been a follower he always follows no matter what protocol rules people um and r2d2 was always like the rebel and always been like no this isn't right we got to do this no i know they said to do that but this is this is what I know to be right, and I'm gonna do it. Otherwise, we're, everyone's gonna die. <laughs> um, and but R2 has always been like so loyal to be treated like shit from generation to generation, and literally be like the most loyal entity in the galaxy. Being like, you guys are idiots. I know what I'm doing, but I love you guys anyways, and I want to protect you. So I'm gonna do it my way, and you'll be fine. Um, and then I, I give benefit to the newer series because at least the the newer trilogy does kind of treat the droids with more respect. You know, BB-8 isn't like tossed around being like, you're stupid. They like turn to BB-8 like, BB-8, what should we do? And BB-8 rolls away and does whatever. And they're like, wow, bb eight so smart. He also seems like he kind of doesn't give a shit though. Like R2. Well, yeah, I kind of love that a, about him. He's like a, he's like a, you know the cousin of he's the next generation like r2d2 you know it's 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 like the modern day you yeah. know like yeah. as our cell phones upgrade that's what r2d2 evolves into naturally it seems like um and <laughs> totally. so like 
you get BBA being doing the same thing, right? But at the same time, it's he's not as hated for it. Like they're like, wow, that was such a smart idea. Glad you thought of it. Instead of like R2, they're like, what are you doing, R2? Why are you doing that? That's gonna open the airlock. We're all gonna die. And it saves everybody. <laughs> uh yeah. But totally. Well, um, we will get more into that in well, uh, part two. I think what we and... should be doing is like, we're done with one. Let's go into two, and then we'll go into our part three with the remainder of what. We'll just let's just go with the flow here. Okay, sounds good to me. So, uh, in part two, we will talk about episode two. I was starting to worry. You never had any reason to worry. Well, I just want to know if our first part did all right. Did it survive its little trial? Uh, I guess we'll find out. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, so episode two. Episode two. So I had seen this probably a few days before Franco even decided this was going to be a thing in life. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just because I was like, you know what? Disney Plus has them. I have Disney Plus. Why not? Um, and then I'll go into Clone Wars. My natural idea was just to watch two, go into Clone Wars and watch three, you know? And then Franco was like, let's do this. And I was like, all right, fine. Um, <laughs> so the I saw it a few days before Franco did, um, but it's still pretty fresh in my head. But I always forget that two is called attack of the clones Mm. and one of the weirdest things i think about two is the fact that the attack of the clones doesn't happen until like the last five minutes of the film yeah that's true and it's so Um, weird you sit there being like it's more political like jargon and you're sitting there being like what and but more it's more of a suspenseful um, thriller now because there's a mystery going on and conspiracies and whatever else and you see you come across um, like this potential for this war to be a thing now um, the Senate's worried that now that more and more separatists are existing that they're gonna go to war with the Senate and it's gonna be this huge thing and we got to put a stop to to it before it happens we need to stop dooku we need to capture him before all this happens um and and whatnot uh and like i think it's one it's a really weird thing that um obi-wan like of course what what it starts with padme almost being murdered right and um like it's it's uh I always get a mix. It's Django, right? Django Fett? Yeah, Django. Yeah, so Django obviously um, is hired to go kill Padme because she's a strong voice in the Senate and they are got to get rid of Padme so the Senate will falter and yada, yada, yada. Um, and then because of the attempt on her life on her ship, they uh, task Anakin and... Obi-Wan with her her security detail just to protect her from any potential threats and you get that really weird like um, reunion scene where 
Anakin's literally like lusting all, all over Padme, and Padme's like, "Oh, Anakin, you you're all grown up. Oh, Annie, you're so cute." Um, yeah, she's thinking he's like a little a little boy. Yeah, and and Anakin's over here, but like, oh, the things I would do to you, um, because he's all teenaged out now, and he's like, oh my god, my hormones are raging. Um, Obi Wan, and Obi Wan's like, control your thoughts, Anakin. Well, could you imagine? Because you're connected through the Force, so I'm sure Obi Wan was feeling those thoughts and be like, "You get off me! Like, I don't want to sense what you're sensing right now. That's disgusting." <laughs> yeah, I get every little boy, and I get it's this is the hardest part of the path of the Jedi because you're a horny teen, but you're you're celibate. All right, you're a Jedi. This is this is not okay. Um, yeah. But you get that, you know, that whole scene. And then obviously Padme is just hiding it because later on she's like, I've loved you. I I saw you. Once I saw you, I was like, damn, like in her head. But she had to disguise it. And But it's funny that she comes back around to be like, I, oh, I was lusting over you too. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it makes sense because she's sort of like, well, he's off limits. He's a Jedi Knight. Yeah, exactly. You, wanna, you want what you can't have. Um, and she's a senator. You know, you're not going to tell her no. Um, but like, it's just funny. Cause you get that scene where they're all sitting, just catching up around the coffee table and, um, Padme's like, I need answers. I want to figure out who did this and why blah, 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 blah. And Obi-Wan's like, we're just here to protect you. We're not investing anything. <laughs> yeah. And the kid's like, we're going to find out who did this. We will bring them to justice. And Obi-Wan's like, what did I just say? <laughs> like, Literally the face that he makes is just like, bro. Yeah. He's just, he's just, he's like, you need to control your like emotions. You're getting really heated right now with, with this girl. And it's, it's just so weird because you, now you got the scene, you know, of like Anakin, uh, kind of like hovering around her, not in her room, but being like, I could be in the room with her. I could be in the room right now with her. <laughs> and, and like Obi-Wan being like, we need to be out here. Like there's, she's fine. Let her sleep. <laughs> you and I need to talk. Um, and he's like, obviously a cocky teen, you know, and it, that happens throughout the whole like events that transpire afterwards. So you, and I think it's weird that like, you know, so it goes from Django who hires the shapeshifter who hires a droid to go like drop some worms centipede things off to go kill her <laughs> and who was initially like hired by count dooku so it's like count dooku's like Django, go kill padme and, pa- and Django's like my uh i forget the that bounty hunter's name but he hires another bounty hunter and that bounty hunter is like go kill that thing and then that bounty hunter, yeah that bounty hunter uses the droid to go kill him um her but it, one of the things I think is kind of a weird pacing issue that always get trips me up is um, those those uh, centipede things are dropped in and they get close to the bed, right? And Anakin and Obi Wan are are discussing like things outside the bedroom, and then all of a sudden it gets cut off because like Anakin turns and Obi Wan's like, "I sent it to go," and they run in there. But I was like, "Really? That it took you that long to sense that?" Like, yeah, that's a, that's a very good point because. Cause I would, I was like, why? Like as soon as that hole was cut in and the the centipedes were dropped, I feel I was like, why aren't they sensing anything right now? How are they not sensing anything right now? And then all of a sudden, 
the time the moment they sense it is like literally why when they're right on top of Padme. And another thing is Anakin goes all super like superhero in that moment and literally like finds the opportunity to climb on top of Padme and like chops those things up with with his lightsaber. Um, but I was like, really, dude, did you really have to like jump in like that and be like, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like any, any excuse to like get near Padme and be near Padme and I I need to be around Padme, you know? Um, and then, and then like this, just because the story demands it, uh, you know, Padme is like, I'm going here. You can't stop me. So you can come with me. And she's, she's also like a young Per, like teen too and she's like being a brat herself being like i'm a senator i'm gonna do this and you can't stop me because you're a jedi and you're not gonna stop me so i'm gonna go to mm-hmm. um well, and i think at that point aren't they like 19 and 24 uh, i guess something like that yeah and um and padme like anakin's like well fine well obi-wan didn't say obi-wan said i had to stay with you and then padme's like yeah and I'm going to go help out over here, whatever, um, because they, like, they hide her away, right? Yeah. Like, send her off, and Anakin goes with her, and then, um, but then Obi-Wan is sent on that weird task, because he's like, I found something. I was told to, like, research uh, this planet area, but there's no planet here. Like, I can't find it in the archives. And Yoda's like, well it's probably there. Someone just hit it. <laughs> and Obi-Wan's like, that makes so much sense. And I'm like, come on. Like if obviously it's there, like there's not going to be nothing in that area. Um, and then like Obi-Wan gets there, you know, like it's all weird. And Obi-Wan lands at Camino, and they're like, we've been expecting you. And he's like, you have. And then they go through the whole process. They're like, yeah, the clones are ready for, deployment blah 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 the first round of clones or whatever and he's like for what and they're like well for the republic um and then they find out that it was uh master sifo Dias who ordered the clones behind everyone's back but there's this more suspicion on that you know blah 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 mm-hmm. um and that goes there goes more into that in the show too the clone wars which will get into yeah but again, it's more political stuff and slow talking scenes. And, you know, a lot of it is very melodramatic love story with Padme and Anakin. And then Padme is like, well, I'm going to go. She goes off to help Obi-Wan, right? <laughs> <laughs> Please continue. Okay. I'm all right. I'm trying. Um Ugh. I'm kind of force choking Franco right now because I need him to pay attention. <laughs> I just choked on some kombucha. I'm good. Oh my god. Um, speaking of which, I should have water. But uh, Anakin or uh, Padme, she's going off to save Obi Wan, right? Is that what was happening? Yeah, she's like, I have. We have to go save Obi Wan. There's no choice. Yeah, and he and Anakin's like, we can't. He can take care of himself. Blah 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 blah. And she's like, well, I'm going. And you are gonna be breaking the uh, your your uh, your oath if you don't. Yeah, your oath to protect me if you don't go with me. Yeah, and he's like, well, if I wasn't in love with you now, I'm surely am now because 
that's something I would do. Yeah. You know what was a weird part of the movie for me? I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to throw this out there. So I don't understand this this thing George Lucas had has where he... Um, like, what is it with him and, like, unnecessary, just horrible CGI characters? Like, he just has to add in as many as he can. So, like, I was watching it uh, this last time, and I was like... Okay, so Obi-Wan is trying to figure out um, what what's going on on Kamino, and then he's like, oh, I'll just go talk to Dexter Jets, Dexter Jexter, Dexter Jetster. Who are you talking about? So here's the thing. Obi-Wan said, yeah, it's Dexter Jexter. He's like, I'm going to go talk to my friend Dexter. And he's like, so Obi-Wan goes into this like sleazy diner, and there's this huge like fat like alien... And he's like, oh, Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah, his, his cafe character? Yeah. Yeah, He. Uh, that's right. That's where he starts discovering about Kamino. Um, yeah, Dexter, and Dexter is in the Clone Wars, too. Is he? Yeah, he... he I, I like Dexter as a character. I didn't have a problem with him. Because um, he was like... It, he was, it was basically... I get, I get the CGI, weird CGI thing with it. Um, well, like, it's what, just like... It, it's I don't really have a problem with him. It's just like I'm, I'm watching the movie, and it was just like they could have they didn't need this guy. Like he's only in the movie for like five minutes, and he's just like. First of all, I don't understand how Obi Wan knows a person like this to begin with. Well, and then you, hey, Dexter was a former, you know, like they were they were friends when they were younger you know dexter just decided to be a chef and like have his own business and retire and do his own thing you know and how do you know that it's in the in the movie is it does he say that it, the they well they talk about how like they uh, old friend it's been and and dexter's like oh i haven't i um i haven't seen this since uh I did this trade route stuff, whatever, whatever. And like, you just get this basic story of how Dexter was a, you know, a former pilot of some sort and was like doing trade stuff in his younger years. I guess. I mean, I'm not against him being in the movie. It's just kind of funny because like the only reason that he's in, in the movie is to explain what the, what happens on Camino and the way that he does it is like so ominous because he's just like, He's just like this CGI alien who's also a chef who like runs a diner and Obi-Wan like goes and meets him and he's like um he's like asking him about Camino and he's like it depends and he's like it depends on what decks and he's like you know uh how good your manners are how big your pocketbook is and then yeah. he just like moves on and it was sort of just like why why couldn't they just I don't know, like, why couldn't Yoda know about the cloners or somebody else? Like, it was just, I don't know. It was just a very interesting thing to see that George Lucas just really wanted another, like, CGI, like, alien character. And I was like, okay. It's, yeah, it's it's an interesting, but I do like Dex. Dex was like, but Dex was off-putting, too, because when I first see him, I was like, he's evil. <laughs> he, like, just looked like an evil character. Yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> um. And I don't remember, but I think in Clone Wars there's a there's a Jedi, in, and we'll talk about him a little bit. Uh, there's a Jedi in the show that is of the same race. He's mm-hmm. a Jedi master, 
he's a general actually. Um, and his, his methods are kind of questionable, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is weird. And like the whole connection to Camino is kind of strange, you know, it's like following breadcrumbs and, um, it's, it's, it's a weird moment because Obi-Wan's smarter than that. But like the fact that they kind of dumbed him down being like, I can't find anything in the archives about a Camino, And I must confront, I must uh, confer with Yoda about why this is. And Yoda's literally like, if it's not there, it might've once been go out to the stars and search for it just in case, you know? And I was like, he could have thought of that himself. Like, yeah. Why is it that he's just like, I don't understand. There's, there's nothing here. So I will say um, for me, the one like really redeeming part of episode two was actually the, that last battle scene. Um, Cause I was just watching it and I was like, man, this whole movie, so much bad CGI that, you know, I, I love Hayden Christian. I actually, I actually kind of like Hayden Christensen more now after rewatching the movies, especially in episode three. Well, I think now that things are going on, people are starting to see the, the acting that goes into like everything because yeah a lot of people have higher respect for him they're like oh he's not really whining he's actually playing the role very well like he he's he's in pain he's showing that pain like that's how you would be in that situation in real life you know and like having exactly. to all that together like his mom got sold you know and or yeah his mom got sold and the guy married her and then she got like kidnapped and it's not, like, it's not an ideal situation. No, and it's on tattoo. It's like on the worst planet, you know, where he grew up. And this, I will say this, um, this information I completely like missed that rewatching it. I now that I'm older realized, but I didn't realize he went and saw his family on Tatooine, like his stepbrother and sister-in-law and everything. And I was like, when I saw that, and it's like, I suppose I'm your stepbrother, and I was like. Oh, that's your stepdad. That's your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't register that, that because I always thought at the end of the third movie when they decide where the kids are going, um, I was like, why did they choose this random family to take Luke? And I was just like so confused. <laughs> you know, like who they were. <laughs> yeah. And then now with two, I was like, oh, it all makes sense now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah no the the last battle when when the clones show up and and it's you know the clones and the droids and like all the jedi that whole scene you know to me is still awesome yeah no that was an epic introduction to the clones and having like the 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 ships come in and and you know we have the what what's the planet again the bug planet oh geonosis fuck geonosians um and there's a lot that goes in geonosia in um clone wars because obviously it's a big moment um but this is the start of the clone wars at the end of the of the movie and this is what you were promised the whole movie you finally get at the end and everyone's probably pissed but um i like the whole that whole like gauntlet like style uh, arena set up with the monsters and everything like people there's i know there's plenty of people that hate it and for some reason about like the way it's structured and everything. I don't know, but it's one of the best like battle scenes with all the Jedi they have that they were able to gather and like they all launch an attack on Geonosha like preemptively just because they're like this is we got to end it here. 
and in trying to end it, they started the Clone Wars, you know, um, and Anakin and Padme and Obi Wan are all like strung up, and I loved I, I loved that seeing their like characterizations, you know, all together. Like Padme, just like she's like, I'm not gonna sit here and die, and and Anakin's like, Don't worry, Master, I have a plan. We'll get I'll get you, us both, all of us out of here. And like Obi Wan's like, I think Padme is already doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Um, yeah, I love how snarky Obi Wan prequels Obi Wan is. Like that scene where they walk in and he was like, "I'm here to save you." <laughs> Obi Wan's like, "Good job." <laughs> it's so much better in the Clone Wars too. Like the banter is so amazing. I'm just like, and the the hypocriticalness of Obi Wan at, at a lot of points in the show, and I'm like, "You son of a bitch." Um, <laughs> But there's uh I agree. I agree with the like that whole like setup with with their like their master and apprentice like style relationship and and Anakin being like huh cocky cocky and Obi-Wan like now now but yeah. um yeah so you get the end of the Clone Wars and like Count Dooku you get the whole battle and you're like this is it here we go and then Yoda shows up to take it on and it ends up very short. You know, the battle's very quick. Dooku gets away. And it's like, oh, that's it? Really? The prequels kind of leave you unsatisfied with lightsaber battles, like, between the major players. They really do. Because, yeah, you have Count Dooku, and he gets away. But it wasn't that big of a battle to begin with because Yoda shows up, and, like, they hash it out, and Dooku escapes. Um, And Anakin loses his arm. (laughs) Um... And like Padme just goes into action, being like pew pew pew, shooting everybody, and being like, "Let's go!" And, yeah, yeah. And she leads her like her. She just like takes a battalion. She just she doesn't even question that the clones or anything. She's just like, "Let's go, men. We're gonna go do this." Um, yeah, for sure. And Yoda, Yoda gets on a ship. Well, obviously Yoda and Mace and them go after the clones because they now that they know that this war is about to start, they uh. They go out, go and get the clones ready and take off on the ships and get to Geonosia. Um, and the Geonosians, you know, like all the, you got, you got Newt Gunray and all them all there. And Django sees his end to Mace, and Mace is badass in, in the movie, like he is awesome in every moment, including the Clone Wars, that he shows up. And yeah. I'm like, that's Samuel Jackson, you can't not make him badass. Um, and of course, he's the only one with the purple lightsaber. So, and then you have uh, the end. That's just the end of it. Like the secret wedding happens, and you know they're they're going against everything. Blah 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 to be together, and that's it. That's how it ends. And um, you you telling me about the uh, the sand playing in the sand scene. Okay, I everybody makes fun of that scene. It is not nearly as bad as as I remember. It actually kind of makes sense because Padme is talking about the sand, and then he uses it as kind of like a, an excuse to like touch her arm. <laughs> but <laughs> DeAndre's <laughs> DeAndre's response to me when I told him that was like honestly one of the most hilarious things I've ever read in my life. Um, I texted. What did you say? Like, I texted DeAndre and I said, um, I was like, honestly, that scene. I'm looking for it right now. 
<laughs> yeah, because I was just explaining, like, I think that that scene kind of, uh, you know, it fits with Anakin's character. Like, it, you know, kind of shows who he is. And I, I kind of, you know, I don't hate it in the way that I used to. You, let's see. Man, I didn't, I guess there was a lot of text message between, um, Which one are you looking? Okay, <laughs> I know this is racist, but oh, <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> um, I think I went too far. Hold on. Uh, While you look for it, I should clarify. It was not. <laughs> I didn't actually say anything racist. I was just making a joke about a comparing a Star Wars character to a comedian who is white. I should say. The com- I'm not gonna say the comedian is not white. God damn it, DeAndre! I was trying to. Ugh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anyways, go, going on. It doesn't matter. It was. It doesn't matter. Um, so- I'm not racist. I was making. <laughs> I, the, I a Star Wars character reminded okay i'll just say what it is okay i have to say what it is now otherwise people are gonna think i'm racist okay you fine okay fine i i, I was gonna let it go but you had to keep it going i found the text messages by the way okay so i said to deandre i it, it's not actually racist i just said that because i didn't want people to, i didn't want him to think i was racist or call me racist because i know it can seem like it's racist but it's not i don't think it is racist anyway I just said that some of the things that some of the jokes that um yeah never mind I don't want to do this <laughs> go ahead oh my god so he basically said that Jar Jar seemed like it could be a racist character that is it that's all we need to go into but it's, yeah anyways ignore that <laughs> rambling mess that Franco just had um. This is your fault. It was. was, Anyways, um, I was telling Franco about how I was watching uh, Clone Wars and updating him on certain episodes and being like, oh my God, this is exploding this, what we know about this and that. And then I told um, him, what did I tell you? Oh, there's a character that's like creature from Harry Potter. and then Franco was like, creature, and I agree about the title. Okay, anyways, Franco said, also, that shitty line everyone makes fun of, I don't like sand, shit was kind of based, to be heard. And that, <laughs> that started a whole different conversation because Franco, I was like, based? And apparently I'm old because I don't know what the heck he was talking about. So he sent the explanation of based is. So if you know what based is, congratulations. I didn't. I had to learn for myself. But... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I just think Frank was a little ghetto, but anyways, uh, could be. We got off topic because I was talking about the base thing. Um, okay, here it is. My boy out here talking about sand, like I don't care. I'm I'm gonna tell this woman how I feel about sand so I can touch her back. That's what I said. Yeah, and I was like, I can't with you. Franco sends me a Kanye West gift, and <laughs> I went off on him and I was like, I'm actually delving into the social political impact here with my study of the world. And you're over here being like, ha ha boy play with sand just to touch girl, make boy happy. 
kind of accurate. I'm not gonna lie. Because I was I was watching the Clone Wars at the time. You know, like the Clone Wars had delves into so much like lore of the show, and and Franco's over here watching episode two, being like, "My boy over here flirting." And I was like, oh my god, I can't. Um, yeah, it was literally one of the funniest text messages I've ever gotten in my life. Um, so yeah, there. That's anyway. That's episode two. You know what I take away from episode two is Jesus, Obi Wan, um, <laughs> hormonal, uh, Anakin and Padme, uh, Padme, Padme's uh sexual awakening outfit of for me um for you, that was your that was it for you it was the, the, that white outfit that she has oh my god i love that outfit i mean i guess that's kind of fitting mine was and then uh, not that, but doesn't she like isn't the i can't remember now but isn't the outfit like full and then she like rips off the midsection or something yeah yeah, yeah. pretty sure and i'm like oh my god uh, i'm sure it was that for a lot of people mine was you know, Princess Leia in episode six. I mean, so. I had plenty. I mean, that was 2005, so that was already pretty later on. I There's others, but in the Star Wars universe, that outfit was did it for me. I was just like, that that outfit. Right? Anyways, anyways, we're getting off topic. So, um, so yeah, there's that uh, and the attack, the, the, the battle at the end, but that's pretty much the whole movie and the, the discovery of the clones and Camino. But, there, yeah, other than that, it's just like wow, there was two hours of not much. <laughs> yeah, it's um for me, episode two is definitely the worst one. Um I will say, I you know, it's throughout all three movies, something I really admire is actually Ewan McGregor. Because, you know, I mean he's the he's really the only character that was coming to play um he's the only actor that was playing a classic character that people already knew. And I really admire the way that he didn't try to be Alec Guinness. Oh yeah. That's a fair point. You know? Yeah. Cause I, I never, I never noticed that uh, before, but he really doesn't. He just kind of plays Obi-Wan Kenobi. And um, I think that's why he's kind of like the standout role that people, everybody like remembers from the prequels, you know? I do. I do. That's true. And he has some good, like, snappy lines and you're right but what what's nice what i do like about it is the fact that like in his casting you know he's perfect as obi-wan um as a young obi-wan you know and alec guinness works as an older obi-wan you know who's aged and fail his has had to sit with his failures for years and not do anything except overwatch luke and whatever um until the day that, you know, Anakin became of age. And then Obi-Wan's like, I'm done here. Peace it out. But, um, oh, we'll, we'll actually talk about more about that tune coming up now. But that's episode two. And that's part two of this, this uh, Star Wars. Okay. The thing that I said was that uh, some of the things Jar Jar Binks says kind of remind me of Chris Rock jokes. Okay. Chris Tucker. Did I say Chris? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Tucker, not Chris Rock. It doesn't remind me of Chris Rock. No. Yeah, but he, he does have the same like mannerisms, kind of. But I can't believe you just couldn't let it go. <laughs> You're like, I, just, I, I couldn't let it go. I had to. I had to. I had to make it known. Moving. On. I don't want people. 
lying about me. Moving saying on. saying things. Let's talk about the Clone Wars, and then we can go into Episode Three and moving on. Okay. See you right back here. All right, so we're going to go into some thoughts before we really dive into the Clone Wars here because there's, I wrote some things down that I was discussing with Franco and he saw, I sent him the notes. I'm so proud. <laughs> so <laughs> one of the things we did start um, already talking about is how Star Wars, the prequels, are kind of a boring trilogy because... There's not enough boom, boom, pow, pow for general audience members who, you know, go to movies for big <clears throat> and explosions and, you know, not much of the story, you know. But yeah. uh, so we already got into that. So we're not going to really talk about that. But one of my thoughts that I had um, that I was curious about, and this goes for any and all sci-fi, is I get I get the idea of like naval ships and spaceships um, facing off in that kind of similar pattern, but you're in space. So like, why do ships not, why do spaceships always land on a flat plane in movies? I don't understand. Um, <coughs> and one of the big problems I have with that is every planet is not on a flat plane. So let's take Naboo and Kamino just throwing two planets out there doesn't matter if they're in different areas or what just let's say Naboo is above Kamino you know in the solar system and you know the ship is like oh we need to get to Kamino right now and face off with another ship and in a, in a movie that we know today that ship would face off on a flat plane which makes no sense if there that ship is on Kamino and the Naboo planet is above it, that means that ship would come down at a perpendicular angle from hyperspace or, yeah. Um, and so it's just, it's a weird concept and I would love to see more like na like ships coming in for attack at a perpendicular angle or odd angle, you know, in space and to surprise attack someone and be like, oh, you thought I was coming in front of you? No, I'm right here, surprise. Um, yeah. And that goes <clears throat> even when in space, like they're redirecting to a different planet, being like, oh, we need to get to this planet immediately. And the, the ship never adjusts course. It always goes in a straight direction instead of, oh, let's move a little to the left. That's where the planet would be. Go. You know, it's, it's a really weird movie trope that I feel like needs to change because I think it'd be definitely very interesting if you had a naval, uh, a spaceship battle, you know, just like surrounding everything instead of just like on a flat plane um and then another thing that bothers me when i was watching like the clone wars is hyper jumps and warp speed stuff um when you see and and the show kind of eased up on this in the later half on clone wars but i find it weird when you see in hyper jump you know we see the shots of inside the ship you know the stars start streaking and you get you take off that makes sense but when you see the shot from the outside, the ship literally like shoots just like straight into space. And my mind's at, or stops when it reaches its location, just immediately stops where it needs to be. 
and I get you're in space, but at the same time, you're in artificially like gravitized like spaceship. So your body would fly right into like the windshield or the back of the ship at such like quick speeds. Like your body would explode. <laughs> um, and so that that's another thing that I was like, that's just so weird. And I get like when you see it from the inside of the ship, it seems like it kind of speeds up and slows down. But when you see it on the outside, it's like, zoop, zoop. And like all those people would be dead right now. Um, so those are my scientific spacey thoughts. Someone could tell me I'm wrong, whatever. But anyways, let's go into the Clone Wars. So get ready. <laughs> I'm really glad you got to talk about that, though. He was really upset about this, guys. I was, yeah, I was like, Franco, this is wrong. <laughs> um, anyways, going into the Clone Wars, I wrote some down, some significant points in the series that I thought were very important to the overall Star Wars universe. Um, so, but let's go into what the Clone Wars is because there's a lot of ben- there's a lot of characters that never show up in the movies. Um, there's uh, moments that we never realize the severity of. Uh, one of them being General Grievous is huge, huge in the Clone Wars, um, and he he's. At the very beginning of the show, they have this devastating weapon, which would have been beautiful to see in in the movie. And I thought I had seen it in the movie, but turns out it was actually just the show. And when I was a kid, I associated it. Um, but they have this giant uh, ship called the Malevolence or Malevolent, one of the other. But it has this giant circular weapon on the sides of it that shoots this huge ring of pure like electricity and destroys a ship's any capabilities a ship would have. Um, and it's a powerful, powerful weapon. And start, it's what starts the show. And the, like, you know, the clone wars are pretty much in effect and the separatists were already ready. You know, they have their army and their stuff going at it and the battles raging hardcore. It's the beginning of the clone Wars, So, you know, things are intense. And so the whole beginning of the show focuses on, getting rid and destroying the malevolence and the captain of that ship is none other than general grievous it's his first big entrance into everything and you know he he's power piloting this giant powerful ship and the jedi are trying to figure out what the heck's going on you know uh we don't we know there's a weapon we don't know what it is and because no one comes back you know mm-hmm. so they ultimately discover the weapon and if i guess precursor to all this i have to talk about cl- the clone wars movie that got a theatrical release so before the show started, <clears throat> before the show started there was a theatrical movie called star wars the clone wars um that introduced the characters and the vibe of what the show was going to go for when it did start. so basically the movie is like four episodes but they released it in a in in theaters as one two-hour thing um so we get to see ahsoka tano for the first time introduced um and it's it's very interesting because everybody's in in um military gear uh and obi-wan kenobi has his robes but over it he has his military outfit on top 
and so does Anakin. And through the show, it progresses to eventually be where they are in episode three. Um, so Ahsoka ends up, you know, she's a Padawan, but what's interesting and what starts off all this is that Anik, um, because Anakin is now a general, he's not being taught by Obi-Wan necessarily. He's still uh, Obi-Wan's like Padawan, but he's now that he's actually like a Jedi and a general in this war, there's not enough. uh, There's not really much that Obi-Wan can really teach, I guess, Anakin. So the show starts off or the movie starts off with um, uh, Obi-Wan requesting a new Padawan. Um, so they end up being in a battle on a planet and it's a really intense battle between the clones and the droids. And it's really the first test between the two. Um, and Ahsoka shows up with orders and comes to deliver them to Anakin and Obi-Wan. And so after delivering those orders, uh, they're surprised because uh, Ahsoka Tano is a youngling. She's like one of the youngest Jedi that comes out. And they're like, oh, a youngling? What is a youngling doing here? And Ahsoka being spunky and she's um, snippy. And she gets the nickname Snips from Anakin because of it. But she shows up with the, the message and then they like brush her off. And she's like, actually, I'm also uh your new padawan um and so they're like oh okay then well your training begins now then and obi-wan is like apologies uh master kenobi but i'm not your padawan i'm anakin's and anakin gets like disturbed and he's like no i can't have a padawan i didn't ask for this like blah 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 like shocked that he this has happened to him and um Obi-Wan's like, it's okay. We'll figure it out after we finish this battle. Like, let's get this done. We'll talk to Master Yoda and see what happened. Um, So it goes on. And then eventually Anakin and Ahsoka have to work together. And they have very similar personalities. Um, And Ahsoka's just a little unrefined because she's a Padawan just starting. And after they face off against some of the droids and blow up some, and Ahsoka messes up big time and... Um, they still get it done, but Anakin had to save her butt. Um, yeah, they 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 have a moment to rest, and Anakin's like, you know, you would never make it as uh, Obi Wan's Padawan. He would he would eat you alive. But and she's like disappointed, thinking she's failed, like she'll never become a Jedi. Um, and then Anakin's like, but you might actually just make it as my Padawan, and so that's when he accepts her as teaching her and stuff so that's the whole movie really there there's more to the movie but that's the movie side of things and then the show itself starts with none of those characters it actually begins with um yoda yoda lands on a new planet to make a deal because a big part of the clone wars is the separatists and the republic playing basically chess with planets so they're like trying to find Mm -hmm. what planet they need to survive what do we need? What could you give us fuel? What could give us supplies? Um, who would be friendly to the Republic? And who can we coerce into our side? And that's basically what a lot of the show is, is 
you should join us because we can give you this. You should join, not join them because they're going to cause this to happen to you. And um, the first planet they go to both sides, uh, Dooku gets there first, but um, not personally. He sends a hollow thing with a, a Sage Ventress, a hollow disc with a Sage Ventress. Um, and Count Dooku is playing a political game in the show. He He's like, the separatists would be able to support you in doing this for you if you join us but if you join the republic you will fall um and you'll lose and you'll not be able to recover and then um and the the leader of the planet is like well that's yet to be seen um i made a promise to meet with yoda so i'm gonna meet with yoda and du dooku's like very well go ahead and meet with yoda and is very cordial about it but <laughs> behind the scenes he talks to Ventress you know and he's like make sure that if he chooses the Republic you kill him blah 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 um and so Yoda ends up having to land somewhere off distance and the leader of that planet is like I was expecting you like 30 minutes ago and Yoda's like uh late we are unfortunate uh incident we've run into and it's because the droids are trying to keep them at bay so the Dooku can talk to him mm -hmm. um and you you get to really see Yoda's like power, but also his uh his confidence that almost teeters on cockiness. It's you know it's that Yodaism where he's like, I will defeat like I know I can defeat you with like I it's I'm Yoda <laughs> like, um, so he he brings along clones with him and he tells them what to he's he's a general too so, uh they're like, but they call him like Master Yoda but. Yoda tells the, his team like what to do and then he's like don't worry I'll take care of the rest and there's several moments where the clones are like oh my god Yoda's left us Yoda's dead like he's it, we why did we follow that little old green guy like and they just like are not trusting of Yoda and then every moment that they're like we're gonna die Yoda shows up and like destroys the droids and he's like now attack now <laughs> um and they're like, oh, my God, Yoda's amazing. And then eventually gets to meet with the leader. And then Asajj Ventures has to try to kill him. And Yoda stops it, you know. And that's ultimately the first episode. And the the Republic win that one. You know, they get that planet. Um, I think, actually, it's Felucia. Now that I think about it, I think that's the planet they end up on is Felucia. Which kind hmm. of... Every, the they go to Felucia several times in the show, but it it trips me out because every time they say Felucia, I think of Fallujah. Um, which is, <laughs> and do you know what Fallujah is? No. Let me say. Let me make sure I'm saying that right. Yeah. So uh, Fallujah is a region in. Um, is it Iraq? Yeah, during the Iraq War. Um, and it's one of the <clears throat> biggest, like, name. It's one of the bigger conflicts um, that's talked about because of how deadly and intense it was. And every time, oh, interesting. And every time they bring up Fallujah in, in, in Star Wars, you know, the Clone Wars and everything, I always think of Fallujah. Um, and I don't know if that was intentional or not. Um, seems like there might be something there. Uh, maybe planet, but 
Uh, oh, I can't find it up. Anyways, um, I'm rambling. So anyways, that's how the show starts. And Felucia plays a lot of uh, key points in the series. And Felucia, if you don't know, is the planet that has all the huge, like, plant-like forest. Like, it's all, like, mushroomy looking and and viney looking and the giant tall stuff and you see it in episode three when um order 66 is enacted and one of the jedi is killed there but um uh anyways that planet joins the republic in the first episode and yoda goes off back to like the temple whatever but each each season was developed the first season was developed as vignettes. So you get a, a, a vignette of uh, the malevolence and destroying of the malevolence. You get to see Yoda in action at the beginning. Um, then you have other little vignetted moments. Then the second season, they're each, each season is called something different. So the second season is uh, all about bounty hunters. Hmm. Um, and then the, or the third season, one or the other, but each one has a like a titled setup that it focuses on. And so you have your bounty hunters in one season, you have um, different things going on in each season. It's cool. And we get introduced into uh, introduced to Cad Bane in, in the bounty hunter season, which is a really fun Cad Bane is a really intense bounty hunter. And I would love to see him in a live action, like setup just to see how they do it. Uh, but Cad Bane's one of the most successful bounty hunters and he's always, um, thinking of plan A, B, C, and D. So his plans are very thorough and he, out of all the bounty hunters, he is probably one of the more like ruthless and more daring. He, he shows up in order to save one of the huts named Zero, um, from the Senate prison. So he breaks into coruscant and breaks into the senate and um well when we first see him he actually uh rounds up all the senators he can and um puts them in in this like laser barrier that's ex rigged to explode if they try anything and whatnot but uh going on so season one is a bunch of vignetted stuff season two starts figuring a storyline and then so on and so forth but I, there's only there's so much to go in with the Clone Wars that builds the lore and it's gonna it, it could take up so much on its own. Um, so if you've seen, I definitely recommend it. But these are episodes that I thought were the, some of the most beneficial to the series and to Star Wars as a whole. Uh, so the show kind of starts getting into more of the lore come season three and whatnot, and. One of the one of the fun things that I think the show does is the relationship between Anakin and Padme because they're at this point they're already married but they're in secret, right? And mm -hmm. so uh, they play with that a lot of the times when it comes to them meeting at the Senate or the Jedi Temple wherever they're running into each other. And one of the unique things is Anakin actually gives when Cad Bane rounds them up, the senators up, uh, Anakin's there at the, at the, uh, the Senate building. And he gives uh, Padme his lightsaber. And he's like, this 
Obi-Wan has beaten this to me since the day I became a Jedi. This is my life. This is everything to me. This, it means my death. And I want you to take it. Um, and she's like, Anakin, I can't do that. Like, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, it's, you, no, please. This, this is to show you that I do love you and that I, I, our marriage matters, blah, blah, blah. And so he gives her the lightsaber. She takes it and she's like, oh, Anakin, I love you. Um, and then Cad attacks and Cad rounds her up and other senators. And Anakin isn't supposed to be at the Senate building. You know, he's he was just there to say hi to Padme. Um, he gets locked into the Senate building too. So he's like, what's going on? So he starts investigating and he reaches for his lightsaber and he's like, oh, right. So I gave it to her. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, I might actually die now. Um, so he has to use, like, he has to actually think and use his his wits and then the force when he can which he does um and then ultimately like he finds the senators in the room they're being held and he finds padme and they they play it play it cordial whenever they're around people and sometimes like oh uh, padme will accidentally like let it slip and she's like anakin and someone will be like what did you say and she's like oh nothing um and then when they actually meet run into each other she'll be like master uh master skywalker um and he'll be like senator and like they'll keep it cordial but in that whole moment she like hands him back the lightsaber you know but she before that she'd already confided in um organa senator organa he's like she's like i have one of the lightsabers and he's like how do you have skywalker's lightsaber and she's like it's a long story we're not getting into it right now um and so they like before Anakin comes to save them, they think of a plan to like fight themselves with it. But um, Anakin comes in time. Anyways, that's just a little bit of it. But one of the first episodes that I wanted to talk to you about and tell you about is, and I was texting you about it, about how it's like Kylo Ren and we see Anakin, Anakin's like destiny for the first one. Um, is season three episodes 15 through 17. So in that little arc of episodes, Anakin, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan all arrive in, in the middle of space and they are talking to captain Rex, who is one of the clones and one of their best friends, captain Cody or commander Cody is in the movie in episode three um rex i don't think is ever in the in the the series but he's a big player in the clone wars and one of the main characters and so um the three of them go into space they've gotten a distress call that was from like two thousand years ago and they're like how why are we getting this message now so they go to investigate it and Rex comes on the comms and he's like, sir, we're at the location. And Anakin's, Anakin's kind of a, a, an asshole at times to everyone around him because he's Anakin. And it's played by a different actor, voice actor, which gave Anakin more, more, which I liked um, to his persona overall. But he uh, he's like, no, Rex we're at the coordinates you're not here he's like sir we're at the same and like it cuts off and things start getting real weird and it's one of those like twilight episodes of like 
uh, where are we? Um, and so all of a sudden this like diamond cube thing appears in the middle of space. And it's like something you've never seen in Star Wars. It's a very weird, you, you would think it'd be like out of some other sci-fi movie. Um, and it sucks them in. And like, as it opens, it opens like a bright light. And it's, it's that like thing, you know, where as you go through the light, it, everything stretches. Um, and they get sucked into what seems to be a planet, except something wrong about the planet is all three of them are feeling a strong connection in the force. And Obi-Wan's like, this is, this is a conduit. This is the force is driving all through this. Like, that's why it's so strong. All our abilities right now are probably the strongest they'll ever be. Like I can feel it coursing through me. We need to be cautious here. Cause I feel both the, the light and the dark all together here. And it's very powerful. Um, and then the planet starts shifting like every few minutes, it becomes fall, summer, uh, win- uh, winter, spring, day, night, uh, all death and life just keeps going on super quickly. And an entity arrives in glowing light and it's the embodiment of, of the good side, the light side. Um, and she's, she, she, uh, emerges and asks them what they're doing here. They shouldn't be there. Uh, this isn't a good thing for them to be there. You guys are Jedi. Um, you're not meant to be here, whatever. Um, and she's very vague, but she's like, we, we must go, uh, meet with my father to see what's going on here and what to do about this. So they all travel with her and then Anakin and, the embodiment of the light side get cut off from Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. Right. And I don't know why I keep saying, right. You're still there, right? Franco. You still there? Sorry. No, this is deep in thought. Uh huh. Don't you start falling asleep on me. It's late. Man. Oh, it is. It really <laughs> is. Um, we're almost done. See, see, I caught you in a damn lie. <laughs> It, it it happens. I apologize. I was thinking about Clone Wars though, because you kind of like okay, got me. So here's thinking. here's where I'm just gonna start going into these like key points that I saw. So, anyways, um, they end up on this planet where the Force exists, and there's the light side embodiment and the dark side embodiment, and then the father who balances the two out. Um, so there, the dark side is the son, the light side is the daughter, and the father called Anakin in because he needs to know if he's actually the the chosen one because he's heard about the prophecy and basic because he is they they are in a conduit of the force you know so Mm -hmm. um through the journey uh the father separates obi-wan and ahsoka and ahsoka is very mistrusting of everything and obi-wan's like i i mistrust it all too like we need to be cautious and keep an eye on anakin whatever um, and the father's like, you are the chosen one. You, you are, you are the prophecy. Like you, you pass the tests. You are who, what they say you are. Um, and the test is basically, uh, the father makes the di- the dark side and the light side grab Ahsoka and Obi Wan, and they're in this mm-hmm. circle. So it's like a yin and yang symbol, and it oh, it's the light and the dark, and they and the dark side land the dark. The, the dark sun lands on the light side to make that dark circle of the yang 
yin yang and then the daughter lands on the dark side and they're hold they're like dragon flying beast creatures at this point and they're holding ahsoka and obi-wan down and the father's like you have to decide who's gonna live you need to choose one of them and that will this is the test and so they sit there and anakin's like i can't choose one of them that's my master and that's my paddle i can't you you're asking something i can't do and he's like if you can't do it then you can't do it and so um he forces his hand by make he's like all right children like get be rid be rid of both of them and so they start like lifting off to take ahsoka and obi-wan away and all of a sudden this like deep and and the what is it the the, the imperial theme the the vader theme kind of plays in the background and um anakin lifts his hands up and drags both the light and the dark down and he like commands them he, he's like let them go and both of them like release uh ahsoka and obi-wan and the father's like you are the prophecy you are the one who will bring balance to the force and so that dives into what the prophecy means you know and yeah. it gives a, a huge huge uh moment to this the, the overall lore of like who anakin is meant to be and ultimately the fa- the reason the father got him there was he the father's dying and wants anakin to take over to balance the force um being his son and daughter because he can't control them anymore and if he can't control mm-hmm. them they're gonna create chaos in the galaxy ultimately the dark side ends up killing the daughter when he's trying to kill the father and now it's darkness reigns like the light side is dead um and the father predicts per- pretty much what's going to happen in the future and he's like there is no light the dark is gonna take over like what if if my son is able to get out he says then the galaxy is going to be in ruin in complete darkness and um there's there's a whole arc you know so that's like the beginning and then anakin gets to a point where he tries to hunt down the dark side, the sun, and they get to something similar to that planet in the third movie. What is it called? Um, the planet where he faces Mustafar. Yeah, Mustafar. So they, they get to an underground area that's like reminiscent of that, and the dark side, the dark sun um, gets Anakin there, and Anakin's like, I'm going to end this. If we can't die then you are you're gonna die too because that that's the only way i can think of balancing the force at this point um and the dark sun is like can i show you something first like can i show you what you're gonna become i know i've seen it but you don't can i show you um and then you can decide for yourself what you want to do and so he shows him his future he shows him becoming vader and all in the in the scene you don't see anything but you hear all the sounds of um episode three pretty much so you're like you, you awesome. hear obi-wan being like you were my brother anakin and then you hear the the lightsaber going off when he kills the younglings and the like because the, the like what are we gonna do master skywalker and then you hear the and in yeah. the in the cloud behind anakin as he's seeing these visions um the the vader mask shows up and 
all of a sudden Anakin has his glowing yellow eyes that we know from episode three. And he's like, I know what I need to do. And the dark sun is like, yes, embrace it. We can balance the force. Like we, we can do this together. And it becomes a very Palpatine Vader kind of thing. And so Anakin becomes evil and he's like, I've seen what I become and I can't let that happen. I can't let the world fall apart. So I need to do this. And so Obi-Wan actually has to fight him there the first time for the first time ever. So they do fight a little bit. It's not like as epic as episode three, but ultimately the father um, stops Anakin. They get him in a trap and Anakin is um, rebalanced in a word. So the father pulled, he's like, Sorry, but I need to take everything you just learned away from you. So you're, I'm going to erase your memory. You're not going to remember any of this. If it is to pass, it will pass. But just know that you have a choice to not go down that route. And Anakin's like, how am I supposed to know if you're going to take my thoughts away? And he gets like very angry. Um, but the father is like, this is enough for debate. You shouldn't have seen that. And so he removes all. That's yeah. So all the memories of like what is to happen is like erased so now you have this whole like oh my god and you have more to sense of what the force really is because of that so it's it's a big thing and then ultimately they're 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 able to leave and they understand more of the force and their adventure and whatever meant something to all three of them um okay and then season four episode 10 is betrayal it, like i wrote out these different thoughts so it's like betrayal in reality of war and it's this one's kind of a short thought, but it shifts to show the clones because up until this point, we've seen mostly the Jedi, but it's the Clone Wars. So it makes sense. we got to show the clones. Uh, yeah. So the Clone Wars, they show a lot of throughout, but this focus is the show starts focusing on the clones and the reality of they're not just clones. They're actual beings because in, in this is a thing in the movies too. They're like treated like disposable goods because they're, property of the republic they were paid for by the republic the caminos created them and they're not human they're clones you know they're disposable we can make more we we don't have to whatever they don't have rights um but the clone that episode that episode dives deep into that reality of um them being mistreated but them being more and what happens this is where that dex character that i told you about um he shows yeah. up he he's a general uh he's a general jedi and he's one of the worst because he he has a, a very high effective record and all the clones talk about it as him as a legend he's like this is the legendary master whatever i forget his name um and they talk highly about him but then they realize like he's actually very bad because he doesn't care about clones. He, he, he's, he just throws clones at everything. He's like, I can make five more of you. I don't care. Go out there and take my base for me. And he doesn't have any sympathy for them and anything, but the clones, you know, actually having feelings, they turn to their captain Rex and they're like, you got to do something. Like we're more than just clones. We're, we have feelings. We have thoughts. We, we think we're not. And they, because a lot of them think that they just follow orders that they don't plan and decide things and entirely yeah. wrong because they, they strategize battles all the time. <laughs> um, ultimately it leads to, because they fight the general on a lot of things, they, it leads to the discovery that the general actually doesn't like clones at all. 
period. But he's actually doing it because he's trying to win over the separatists and he's trying to defect so he can be an apprentice to Dooku. And they learn that because they, you know, they're, they're more than just clones. They're humans and they, they think about it and they, they learn his, his nefarious scheme is to just deplete the army. And he's trying to like kill as many clones as possible in order to weaken the, the army in order to win for the separatists. And then Dooku will be like, you are such a hero to the separatists, blah, 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 blah. Um, but that, that was a really cool, like the toll of war. It was a very like military, ep- a few episodes of like, this is how war actually is fought, you know, and for a kid to watch that, you know, or you as a, a young adult watching that being like, wow, that's intense. Um, and then at season four, episode 15 is Obi-Wan's death. So Obi-Wan does die. <laughs> uh yeah what (laughs) yeah so obi-wan dies in the uh in the show and anakin loses his damn mind um he but he doesn't go to like the dark side you know he he just has a moment of kind of like how obi-wan does with qui-gon um so anakin starts hunting down uh the the bounty hunter that kills uh obi-wan because they were hunting down someone and a bounty hunter shoots uh um shoots obi-wan and they have to they do the whole funeral thing and everything and anakin goes hunting for the bounty hunter to kill him and be like i'm not gonna let him get away with this but at the same time he has to teach ahsoka and he's like listen ahsoka uh master kenobi was great he did great things and he taught me a lot one of the things was what happened with qui-gon and him like you can't let that you can't let that anger get to you you have to be able to focus and still so he he learned lesson that obi-wan wasn't able to you know um and so he goes on being like we need to remember him but at the same time we are going to bring the man who did this to justice um unfortunately plot twist obi-wan's not actually dead uh but they didn't tell anakin so uh Oh, it's a it's a whole conspiracy episode where they the Jedi the High Jedi Council Obi Wan Mace Windu and Yoda they all uh, come up with this plan and don't tell very many people including Anakin that they're gonna fake Obi Wan's death in order to lure someone out that they're looking for um, and to do that they disguise Obi Wan as the bounty hunter that killed Obi Wan so they captured the real bounty hunter. Um, beforehand and then they 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 do surgery on obi-wan and turn him into the the bounty hunter um so ultimately who anakin is chasing is uh obi-wan and there's a whole the most of the season takes place with that that whole dynamic obi-wan stays as that character for a good few episodes um and it's it's just a trip because it a lot of the things is like i don't like telling not telling anakin about that and they're like his his feelings would betray him we can't we can't allow to we can't trust him you know and so Mm -hmm. um that kind of dives into it was just a significant moment for anakin because it it's where you know the republic doesn't trust him enough you know and that we get that in episode three where he's like i'm not trusted enough i'm not this i'm not that but this is one of the first significant moments where Anakin actually gets denied something, you know, and they're like, 
Anakin goes continues to hunt the killer and finally catches up with him and um has him has him uh in like a chokehold and stuff and Obi-Wan or no Obi-Wan has him in the chokehold and he's like Anakin don't follow me like he like just whispers to it him and then runs off and then the next episode Anakin's like I thought I thought I knew something was off I could cuz if you're you know this if you're a master in a padawan you you get bonded through the force like you can sense each other yeah and that's what happens is anakin turns to ahsoka and he's like i thought something was weird i i didn't feel him disappear like i i knew he was dead but i didn't sense him dead i knew he felt still alive and i was right and so he confronts the council and he's like why wasn't i told about this like i i you don't trust me enough to like do and they're like we and yoda explains it and everything he's like we needed to get this and Obi-Wan comes back, but still in disguise because he, he hasn't been able to be returned back to himself. Um, so he has a different voice and everything. He's like, listen, my Padawan, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, we had to, like, just trust us. We're not done yet. And they discover a huge plot by Dooku, um, who's trying to get a bounty hunter in order to, like, finish off the Clone Wars for good. Um, but anyways, that's that's a big moment for, like, the Republic betrayal of obi or uh, anakin you know and the, the crack starting to create and then season five uh season five is huge because it well actually it's season six but season five the only thing i really had off of it is an episode with the younglings so they have about five so well, i'm just gonna i'm gonna pause for a second and start oh. another um segment because we're one minute yeah, you're right okay one sec. So, All right. thank Go you for, for sticking with us. I know this is a, a lengthy one, but this should be probably the only really lengthy one we get in there. But I'll wrap it up uh, on my final thoughts here. And <clears throat> we'll go in a little bit about Maul just to anchor that. But anyways, uh, season five, at this point in this point of the show, Darth Maul's already back. And his brother, uh, Savage Opress, who is another uh, Darth Amir, is the planet that they're from. Um, but we'll g- I'll go into that a little bit. But anyways, season five, episode seven is um, significant mostly because it goes into discussing kyber crystals and... Uh, it's a focus on younglings. Uh, none of it has anything to do with any of the main characters. It just, it's a, a lore building story where several young Jedi are learning to build their lightsabers for the first time. And they have to go into this cave. Yoda's there and Ahsoka's there to guide them, but not go in with them. So they learn about what they need to do and the kyber crystal is apparently i didn't know this part um until that episode but the kyber crystal connects with you like your your kyber crystal is specific to you and it uh it calls to you so each one has to learn a certain lesson that guides them to their crystal so you know being patient um conquering certain fears uh not being cocky all these cocky all these different things and it the they end up getting their crystals you know and ultimately being able to build their lightsaber but i thought that was a 
a unique part to being a Jedi and learning how to be a Jedi that I didn't know about at all. Um, that I thought the Kyber crystal could be like anything. You could grab it from anywhere, you know. I didn't know it actually called to you. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, and I'm pretty sure the sequel trilogy doesn't care about that at all because I feel like they just destroy things and just create a new one. Um, and it's 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 very much like Harry Potter in that episode where uh, you go to build your wand, you know, or pick out your wand, but you're building. Oh, right. Yeah. And one of the cool things is one of the uh, one of the younglings, his name's Gunji, is a Wookiee, and Wookies are very rare Jedi. They don't show up very much as Force sensitive. So um, the guy, the 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 droid that teaches them how to build their lightsaber, he's like, "Ooh, a Wookiee. We don't get many of you. Uh, we'll start with you." Since around the because they're in, before they get their well they get their crystal first and then they build their lightsaber um so once they're in the ship uh the droid is like feel around i've the droids taught or um helped hundreds of jedi build their lightsabers before these kids so he's like i know what i'm talking about whatever but so anyways gunji has to sense around like using the force and um Sorry, sorry, uh, not Gunji. The, the droid actually is the expert, and he goes around. He's like, let's see, let's see. Mm, I'm sensing this. And so he pulls out certain pieces, and he finds what's really unique is a wooden lightsaber for Gunji. So Gunji carries an actually, like, wooden-designed lightsaber. Inside, it's metal and everything, but the outside is, a, is like, a, a wooden sheath kind of thing. It's so mm. cool. Um, and I didn't know that either. Like, I, I knew the lightsabers themselves are like uniquely designed to the to the individual. I just didn't know that like this character existed that actually like helps build it for them. But they have to build it. You have to build your lightsaber yourself, though. I didn't know that either. Anyway, yeah. going on season five, episodes or sorry, season six uh, is significant because. Season six deals with Ahsoka being traded as a traitor. And this is what causes her to leave the Jedi Order because she's also betrayed. And this is where we see true cracks within the Republic and within the Jedi Order. And um, so Ahsoka, or sorry, that's the end of season five is when Ahsoka, yeah, I'm getting things mixed up. Season five is actually when Ahsoka is treated as a traitor, and we see true cracks in the Republic and the Order. And so she leaves the Jedi Order at the end. They they accused her of uh, treason. Both uh, Palpatine accuses her, and uh, the Jedi Order expels her from the Jedi Order. And so she goes off on the run. Anakin tries chasing her down and being like, I believe you, but you need to come in. And she's like, Master, you can believe me, but all the evidence shows that I did this and I didn't. So I have to go prove my innocence. And so she runs off. Ultimately, she she uh, uncovers the plot and everything. And the Jedi's like, we are so sorry. We misjudged you, yada, yada, yada. You're no longer expelled. We want you back in the order. And she says, I, she just, she, um, she says no. And she turns her back on the Jedi Order because 
she feels she was betrayed, which she was, you know, no one believed her. She's a Jedi and everyone's like, no, we don't believe you. Um, even though you've done all this stuff for us, we don't believe that you're telling the truth. And the only one who believed her was Anakin because Anakin's felt like that before with the order. And ultimately she leaves, you know, and Anakin kind of feels a loss because he, he lost his battle one. So everything's starting to crack at this point that kind of you can see where it's leading to episode three and um all of season six doesn't have ahsoka whatsoever like she never shows up and between season five six and seven there's all the drama because disney just bought um star wars they canceled the series after season five season six actually didn't see the light of day until netflix picked it up um there was only four episodes done for season six and so they did a very creative way in each of those seasons season five ended perfectly it could have ended right there they didn't have to finish it uh there was a few plot holes that didn't get wrapped up whatever then season six ends and it could have ended it right there because the way it ends is beautiful with yoda just the way the show started with yoda and this is where it goes gets interesting that i wanted to discuss with you so in season six episode 11 through Oops, I put 113, but it's actually just 13. Uh, <laughs> that'd be insane. Yoda Yoda, and the afterlife discovered. So I always thought that the Jedi knew that Force Ghosts were a thing. And mm -hmm. that ability, I thought, already existed. But apparently not. And Yoda didn't even know about it. So um, one of the episodes, final episodes of Season 6, Yoda starts hearing Qui-Gon Jinn's voice again. And he thinks he's losing his mind getting too old and he doesn't know what's going on. So he confers with the, the Jedi council and they're like, this could be the Sith. This might be the Sith playing tricks on you, master Yoda. You need to tread lightly. And he's like, I don't feel the dark side around this though. I don't, I don't sense anything bad. And so they do tests in the Jedi order. Um, they test him with like doctors and stuff. And, they dunk him in a tank of water because it, apparently it amplifies the force. Um, and so he's able to go, he's dunked in and everyone's worried about him because he's old. So they're like, he could drown in there, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> and Obi-Wan's also like, I don't know about this. And Anakin's like, sure, let's just see what happens. Um, but Yoda senses Qui-Gon like stronger and he asks him, he's like, within the inside his own mind he's like is it really you my friend and Qui-Gon's like yes but here's the thing I need you to come to Dagobah alone you can't let anybody know you're here you, it can only be you um and so he goes he goes into that was scary okay that was scary they're on the sound was the door open? Oh. Um, so Yoda is sleeping, and he asks for Anakin to come into his like medical room. And okay, Anakin's like, "Why do you need me here?" And Yoda's like, "Because you're out of all the Jedi, you're the one who's not going to tell me no." Um, and so Yoda's like, "And you're mischievous, which is what I need. You need to help me escape the Jedi Order." Um, so 
Anakin's like, uh, master, I don't know if I can do that. He's like, it's your specialty though. You know how to do it. So I asked <laughs> you. And so Yoda's a little asshole, but, um, he, he, Anakin's like, all right, you're, j- you're the, you're the head guy. Like if you say so. So he helps, uh, Yoda escape. And as Yoda gets into his cute little fighter ship, it's so adorable. And it's green like him. Um, it's just like Anakin and Obi-Wan's, but like tiny and green. It's adorable. Um, but so he takes off, right, to Dagobah. And as he's taking off, uh, Mace Windu runs up and he's like, Master Skywalker, what have you done? And Obi-Wan's like behind it. And he's like, hey. And Obi-Wan's like, I'm very disappointed in you, Anakin. I can't believe you, you of all people would do this. And he's like, hey, don't look at me. For the first time ever, this wasn't my idea. And so um, Yoda runs off to go to Dagobah for the first time. Uh, and that's where we understand where I, why he goes now to exile there and um, whatnot. Because the force is strong there. So he goes there and he has three trials to face. One on Dagobah, one on a, another planet um, or star or whatever. And then, it, 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 yeah, it's a planet, but it's like super bright. And then a third on a Sith planet. Um, So he goes to Dagobah, he meets with Qui-Gon, and Qui-Gon's like, unfortunately, I died before I could fully learn this ability, hence why you're only talking to me. Um, But there is an afterlife. The Force, there's the the living Force and the cosmic Force. And one, they use each other, but one doesn't go away just because the other one did. Um, And because of the cosmic Force, I can talk to you right now. So he's like, Yoda, you have an important final lesson to learn. And it's to, you have a big role ahead of you and you need to learn to be in the afterlife. So it's a lesson Yoda's never learned before. And it's something new for him. Um, so he meets with Qui-Gon and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll do these, I'll do these challenges. I'll go. And so he goes off to the planet and meets um, these force ghosts, which we learn later on are force ghosts. But um they are uh, happiness or their joy, sadness, um, anger, you know, those different faces. Yeah. And he, they teach him how to uh, harness the afterlife of the force. And so he has to do different tr- trials. So the first one are with the force ghost. They teach him how to, he has to face anti Yoda is what I'll call him. So basically, you know, being a Jedi, you have to shun your anger and, you know, balance yourself. Um, and Yoda's always been seen as the good of of it all. Uh, so in this challenge, he has to face his anger and his, his like, stuff. And he gets beat by the anger. And then he's like, no, this isn't real. No, this isn't real. This is not. And um, he faces, he's like, I, I locked you away a long time ago. Like, you are not allowed. You do not control me. You do not control my emotions. This is not who I am. And I do not accept this. And, you know, he completes the challenge there. And then ultimately he has to go to the Sith and face his the literal dark side uh, and fear itself. And so he runs into, um, it's not Darth Plagueis, it's someone else. But he, he runs into him at the planet and he there's different trials but anyways i'm just trying to speed through it but um in the trial at the end he's 
he faces it and he's like the the dark lord is like have you come to join me to become my apprentice remember i created the dark side i create or i created the sith the sith is one apprentice and one master for a reason and are you here to be my apprentice and yoda like for a second like contemplates it and he's like i i, I, don't, I don't know um and then he's like wait a minute no this isn't real you're not real you're not you're dead you died i know you died because you died so long ago um and so ultimately that entity disappears and he dives deeper into the planet and finds the the ghosts again and they're like we can't help you any further than this now you'll you'll go on and after you face this trial you will have learned to live in the afterlife so ultimately he manages it manages it and it's a what it is it's such a beautiful end to the show um but it's a beautiful image of him at the jedi temple everything's super bright and everything's peaceful and obi-wan's there and he's like master yoda it's such a peaceful day today and we were just here talking to your padawan uh count dooku and count dooku turns around and he looks normal and he's like oh master yoda and Yoda's like confused and be like, oh my God. And he feels peaceful, you know, in the force. He feels peace and everything's beautiful. And he starts getting um, seduced by it, you know? And he's like, I love it here. This is amazing. This is what I always wanted for the temple and whatnot. And then eventually Dooku's like, come, come with us. Come with us over here and talk about your many adventures on whatever. And as he's walking there, he's like, no, this isn't real. This isn't, this is all fake. This is this is the dark side trying to trick me, and ultimately that leads him to learn how to accept in himself and be able to transcend into what becomes a force ghost. So there's a lot that goes into it, which um, causes a flaw in episode six, where Anakin is a force ghost, and I guess Obi Wan could have learned to do it. Um, after episode three, because isn't episode three the one where yeah, episode three is where Yoda's like, your old master wants to talk to you. Um, yeah, he's like, he's he's learned the ways to uh, immortality. Yeah, I, that's all. That's all yeah. those episodes in uh, season six is that like they talk about it in episode three, but they actually show it in in the show, and it's because Yoda has gone through the trials, and he's like, your your old master wants to talk to you, which. I'm assuming means that Obi-Wan went and did the same trials then to, in order to learn the force ghost ability. Um, but that's really cool that they, it gives that background because it, in like at the end of the movie, it, it is kind of super yeah. vague. And now you kind of, and we might actually see that when the Kenobi series starts, you know? Um, but oh, that amazing. would be amazing. Cause those, the, the trials are beautiful and it's an, it's such a like avatar last airbender, like meditative, zen thing that happens um and it's something that's like you never get to see yoda learning lessons you just assume he's like learned everything and in in the trials yeah. he he's like i'm yoda like he literally says that to the the force ghost he's like i'm yoda i've learned all of it and they're like no you haven't learned everything um and that's one of the things you need to understand is you have not learned everything um and yeah, so when Yoda comes in at the end of episode three to say that, it's because he's gone through the trials and Qui-Gon didn't get to finish the trials because he got killed. 
Um, and I'm assuming Obi-Wan goes to learn that too, because through those episodes, they also, uh, he also learns there's another Skywalker, the go, the, the force ghost telling that. And Qui-Gon does Qui-Gon does actually Qui-Gon's like, there's another Skywalker. You have to let what's about to happen, happen. And Yoda's like confused. He's like, what do you mean? What do you, what's going to happen? He's like, I can't tell you that my friend, but you have when you'll know when it starts happening. And one of the trials is to face the Emperor Palpatine. Like he sees Darth Sidious. So he learns who Darth Sidious is through the trials. Um, Because you know how like episode three, they still don't know. And they're trying to figure it out. Well, one of the trials Yoda faces uh, Darth Sidious. He never gets to see his face, but he faces him and battles him. And he's like, this ends here. I cannot let this come to happen. And so he's at the Jedi Temple. It's episode three, pretty much, is what's going on. Um, and he's facing off Darth Sidious instead of, uh, you know, Darth Vader becoming a thing and everything. And he, he strikes down what he thinks is he strikes down Darth Sidious, but he disappears into like nothing. Um, and then he, he learns that that's another trial, but he learns everything he needs to know that Anakin is probably going to turn evil, um, that there's not, he shouldn't intervene with it. It has to happen because he's not actually the prophecy Luke is. And like Qui-Gon goes in to be like, there's another Skywalker. There is still hope in the galaxy. You're just going to have to disappear. Go to like, you know, do your thing until he shows up. He'll, he will find you is what Qui-Gon says. Um, and it just gives you the connection of what's about to happen. So that's how season six ends. And it's like, okay, that's perfect. You could end it there. It's no big deal. And that, technically was the end you know when it showed up on netflix and then season seven that just aired um week to week just not long ago during quarantine because disney greenlit it um covers big key moments that lead up to episode three so you see where ahsoka has ended up being after leaving the order you see uh anakin and obi-wan at the end of the clone wars and rex and like it's beautiful the animation is so much more updated and you see them in their outfits that they're going to be in in episode three and you're like oh my god this is the end um and it's just like it's a beautiful finishing like exclamation point to a beautiful show and the final four episodes like i told you shifts the tone everything shifts like you get the first few episodes they're like oh here's the remainder of what we wanted to tell with the clone wars oh now we're going to get to the finished uh, parallel that you see what's Ahsoka doing while episode three is happening. And so you get these final four episodes of, and it's just like an event. It says the clone wars, it's all red. It used to be yellow, but now it's red and it's focused on Darth Maul and capturing Darth Maul because up until this point, Darth Maul has been a thorn on the side of the Jedi for many seasons. And Darth Maul was basically in a pit he lost his mind and ended up being sewn up with spider legs or scorpion legs or whatever and lost his mind until Savage Press found him and pulled him out of there and took him back to the, the uh, night sisters who are witches who created these, these, um, these Sith uh, Lords. And I, in, in the whole show, I learned, you learn that, the the Darthamirs like uh, Maul and Savage Press are true Sith. They're what they call pure Sith. Um, Palpatine's not a pure Sith, 
nor is Count Dooku. They just follow the ways of the Sith. But um, Darth Maul is born of the dark side. Like, that's his blood. And so he's actually, you learn more about him being an actual, like, he's the Sith. He is in body. Um, so ultimately, he, you, Ahsoka comes back to the Order only to get help Anakin and get um, Darth Maul in control. But in doing so, um, Darth Maul had hatched a plan to get Anakin because he had learned about Palpatine's plan for Order 66 and to make Anakin a Darth, uh, Darth Vader. And he tries to explain that to Ahsoka. And Ahsoka at first is like, okay, we need to stop this. And then he's like, we need to kill Anakin. And she's like, I will not kill Anakin. Um, you're lying to me. You're just trying to get in my head. And he's like, no, young one, this is going to happen. I am the Sith. I am the dark side. I sense this. I, I, I can sense it all. I know what's going to happen. I, that's the whole plan. I was trying to stop it. And he becomes kind of like Kylo Ren where he's like, there's, we can let, let the Republic and the, and the empire fall, we can create something more out of it, you know? That um, that's why I was like, it's like Kylo Ren. Um, it is. And ultimately it starts paralleling. And what we see in episode three is what starts happening in the show. And Ahsoka starts like realizing what's happening and she doesn't kill clones. She never, she's like, there are friends. We can never kill the clones. And Rex is like, I'm sorry that she saves Rex ultimately. I'm just trying to like paraphrase things here. Um, she saves Rex ultimately. And uh, he's like, I'm sorry, Ahsoka, but we were designed this way. Like they don't care about you anymore. They are going to kill you. And she's like, I don't care. They were our friends once. We are not going to kill clones. Set your guns to stun. We're going to get out of here. Um, which is funny because mm -hmm. someone just posted on TikTok that where Ahsoka's like, they're our friends. We're not gonna, we're not gonna kill clones. And then it cuts to Yoda in episode three, killing all the clones at the temple, just like nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that it becomes this be beautiful arc. And then Ahsoka and Rex just disappear. And the end of the show is Darth Vader, like finding Ahsoka's lightsaber and down ship. And that's the end of the show, him as Darth Vader and believing Ahsoka's gone and, that's it you know like now he can become full evil and it's just a beautiful end and that's why i said like you don't need to watch the show you just need to watch those episodes that i highlighted and you'll see for yourself and there's more you'll you'll understand this is what you guys get when you listen to this show deandre watches an entire show and then gives you the moments that you need to to see he did uh, all yeah, the work and there you. there are some good episodes that I wouldn't. I, it's hard to not, but those are the ones that really like stand out and give you information on Star Wars and maybe moments that you may not have. Like you were like something's missing. I wish there was this. You know, like there's people that don't watch the show. Um, someone said something about I think it was on Reddit or whatever. They're like, uh, man, I wish they would make a series or something on Disney Plus for to cover what happened between episode two and three. And someone's like the clone wars. That's me. <laughs> um, so like there, you just need to, it's so good. And there's so many characters that are just relegated to the background in episode three that are huge players in the clone wars, like Watt Tambor, which Franco's like, God damn it. You and Watt Tambor. Um, 
keep bringing up Wat Tambor. Wat Tambor is uh, the head of the techno union who created the droids and designed, like, you know, the tech that the separatists use. And you have, of course, General Grievous, who slips away at every given moment. And him and Obi-Wan have this huge vendetta um, throughout the whole show, ultimately, that leads to his, like, the battles they have in Clone Wars do not match what happens in Episode 3 and how it ends for General Grievous. It's annoying. Um, their battles are epic and, like, intense, and both sides almost die. And then you get this, like, mediocre end to Grievous in Episode 3. Yeah, his ending in Episode 3 is pretty lame. It's just, I, I didn't realize until we rewatched it. He just dies by yeah, Obi-Wan's only blaster. Yeah, squeezed, like, pulled open his chest cavity just enough. Um, and Yeah. That's kind of a weird moment, too, because Obi-Wan pulls it open. And yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> um, and it's it's just so weird because the way they've interacted. And then, like, even the Jedi, you have a, Plo, a Master Plo Koon is, is a big player. Mace Windu has some badass moments in the show. And it's like, a, like Mace follows the code to the letter, but he does not hold himself back like most Jedi does. He embodies, like, the full power of the Force and uses it to his advantage um and he knows he's a badass you know and people talk about him like he's a badass and i'm like that's that's daniel L. jackson <laughs> um that's like yeah you and for that role. one of the big things that i didn't cover really is the separatists i told you like there's episodes where it actually covers the separatists like padme has a friend in the set on the separatist side and she meets with her in secret and they discuss peace they discuss drawing up peace uh, accords and they do it because they're like, we need to end this conflict. It, it, it's drawing out too long. So they create the accords and the separatists submit it first. But of course, it interferes with Palpatine, Palpatine's plan. So he creates a way for it to become his, 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 the undoing. So the war keeps going. Um, but the separatists, they literally, most of them just want to be recognized. You know, it's like, it's democracy, you know, and like, this one side wants something else that the other side doesn't and vice versa. Um, and it doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means they see things differently and they want different things. And that's what the separatists, the majority of the separatists are, but of course the Sith manipulates it. And some of them are Lords and stuff like uh Newt Gunray is really just doing it for money. We can, and the, and the right. Trade Federation, they yeah. just want credits and, uh, General Grievous just wants lightsabers. Let's be real. He just he's collecting his. <laughs> yeah, he's got like a, a weird little fetish. Um, it's and it's like you said. I mean, the you know the Sith kind of like ex, you know they uh, they exploit the situation. Yeah, and it very game. much happens. One of the weird and here, here's what I was going to tell you. I forgot. Uh, one of the weird moments that I didn't like is in the later half of the season. I understand the reason behind it, but in the later half of the season. Um, the the chancellor voice changed and i was like oh my god i was like what who is that and i was like oh it's tim curry um yeah tim curry becomes the, he voices the emperor in a few episodes uh here and there because the uh, original uh actor his name was something amber crombie i think he uh or chamberlain i can't even remember but he died so they had to like replace him and they got tim curry and i was like that just it's emperor it's emperor like but it's 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 just not it it's, just, it's so weird uh, 
That is a very weird choice, no, I'm not but I'm either. not mad and at it. It, it makes me like kind of giggle at it every time because in the maniacal areas, I'm like, that's Tim Curry trying to be maniacal as Emperor Palpatine, and I just, I can't. <laughs> um, Which is it's weird. I don't know yeah, why they, didn't, they didn't just get what's a McDermott to come in and do it because he was the actual Emperor. <laughs> missed, uh, I guess missed they had some weird casting things um like not having Hayden Christensen and uh just doing different things but yeah. I, I understand uh but let's let's summarize episode three and we can finish off here on our epic first episode all right Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. If you have made it through this epic like journey with us, it's it was, this has been a really fun. Like, I didn't realize how like deep I could get. I could get so much deeper into like Clone Wars lore and what it has added to Star Wars. There's just so much, and you went hard in the paint, and I didn't go hard enough. There's so much more. Like, I just like scratch, literally just scratched the surface and summarized things and. I could literally start analyzing things, but we won't because it would take a whole three other episodes. But it's a very beautiful, beautifully animated show that I highly recommend Franco watch even and put past the fact that it's animated because him and animation don't go well together most of the time, apparently. Um, You you maybe want to watch it, though. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of good shit in there. Well, like I said, I told I have the episodes for you. You don't have to watch the show. You just have I have the episodes for you to watch. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm is- definitely gonna take notes about the ones that you said and and go watch those ones at least. Um, but uh, so episode three, how was that? How was it for you watching episode three again after watching Clone Wars? So it's definitely much more emotional. Um, it's unfortunate because you don't have Rex and stuff. But what's nice about the end of uh, Clone Wars, the season seven, is at least. It shows you where Rex and Ahsoka are, so it justifies why they're not in Episode Three, um, mm. and other characters. You know why they're they're actually not in Episode Three, um, which is going to be interesting because Mandalorian's actually going to have some of the characters from Clone Wars in Mandalorian. Um, but beside the point, it made it more emotional. Especially, I like I told you. Uh, when I realized that Commander Cody was in the in the in the movie, and I was like, "Not Commander Cody!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, yeah, watching episode three, the I told Franco this uh, Clone Wars. The two words that came to mind when watching it was um, brevity and imbued. In the Star Wars, it gave more brevity to like episode three, and it imbued more of the lore of what star wars and the force as a like as a a religion and a and a what is it uh help me out here writer uh as an order as, as an, a oh the force as as sort of like a as a metaphysics as a uh as a, a, i wouldn't call entity. it a cult. as as a as a way of life um and just gives more meaning and like impact and knowledge that you may not have had just because the movies literally if you watch the movies and you watch the shows 
you see that the shows have more world building and more thought put into why and the movies are kind of an empty shell of like we got to get to point a point b point c point d a f g i you know let's go um and i think that's the difference between the prequel series as well and the original as the original actually had the task even though it was four five and six uh they had to make it work in a way that taught you what the force was and um what star wars is you know because it's the it's the first ones you you need to get understand the world so the world was built in the middle but didn't necessarily need to be built at the beginning because now and that actually makes me wonder now that i say that how different one two and three might have been if they did were able to start with one two and three if one two and three were the first original um would they have injected what existed in four five and six in three to make you understand what star wars would be and the force and everything probably but um it just it it, episode three definitely means a lot more when you know the backstory and the adventures that obi-wan and anakin have faced and the trials they faced and yoda too like just the stuff that he ended up learning um and just like you feel more for the clones and they did a lot better job in the final episode, I think of, of the show than what they did in the movie. Again, again, the movie treats them as expendable goods. They, they're never, they're just clones, but the move, the show actually kind of gives them like humanity. Yeah. And one of the most epic parts is, is um, Rex literally fights the order. Um, he, he struggles to kill Ahsoka and he, he, everything he has in within him, he fights to not kill her or try to avoid it. And so she knocks him out and manages to get um, the inhibitor chip out of his head. And so now he doesn't have the order 66 in, in him anymore. He can live freely. Um, and oh, that's, that's pretty cool. That's also a, a big chunk of uh, the final seasons was about too. was uh one of the clones named Fives discovers the discovers the uh, inhibitor chip that that forces Order sixty six to be compliable, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a whole conspiracy theory, you know. And Rex and no uh, no one really believes Fives. They think he kind of cracked, but he's like just trying to tell the truth and be like, no, there's a chip in all the clones. Like it's gonna something big is coming, um, and then Fives ends up getting killed. Uh, but six or um, Rex remembers that in season seven and leaves a recording for Ahsoka. Um, and the only way he's able to reference it is Order sixty six has already been called. Um, and so while while he's fighting Ahsoka, he like he he starts screaming at her. He's like fives fives remember fives remember fives. Um, right. And so Ahsoka like thinks about. At, about that after the fact so she grabs a droid and she's like uh pull up everything you have on five something he was yelling at me about five so pull up everything and she learns about the chips right away and understands what order 66 is right away she's like oh my god this is what's happening so she gets rex and saves him um so they go off you know they run off and disappear from the fallen republic because the empire is taking rise so they don't want to be around it um, but it also shows you that some Jedi did survive. 
and not all the Jedi were killed off by Order 66. Some managed to escape. And in I just started Star Wars Rebels. Rebels actually brings that up too. The Empire is actually hasn't seen Jedi in a long time, but they have a, a thing to report them and be like, if you see a Jedi or send someone is a Jedi, like report it to the Empire immediately so we can send our Jedi hunters out for them. The Jedi are evil. Remember that they took your life away from you and whatever. Um, hmm. that's, that's in rebels. That's a show that's after episode three, but, um, yeah, it gives you more emotional impact when, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan face off for the, the final time. And, obi-wan's like i loved you and you you befell and all this stuff and i think episode three definitely stands alone because it still has a lot to do with politics um and it has that great line that now we know is actually different in the movie than we've all been quoting it but this is yeah so that was kind of a a mind fuck for me like deandre and i were watching the movie and we started to quote the line that everybody knows where padme says um you know so this is how democracy dies but that's not what she says. She says this is how liberty dies. Um, with thunderous applause. And yeah. it's, you know, it's it's still very political. But, like, again, it's very relate. It's weirdly relatable to the last, what, 10, 15 years of our lives that we've faced in an actual reality. Like, And that's probably why the first three on that side are hated. Because whenever someone shines a light on like yourself or society that you coexist with, like people like turn away against it. Cause they're like, don't shine the ugliness and don't put the ugliness in front of me. I came here to escape that, you know? Exactly. I don't want to look at that. I'm trying to be entertained. Yeah. Um, Which I think is kind of sad, but I know I agree. But episode three uh, and what's great about episode three is to connect the show and get into the third movie um the end of like the last four episodes of season seven also are heartbreaking because ahsoka comes back to just came back and she's like i don't know if i'm joining the republic i don't know if i'm rejoining yet and he's like you're back so technically you're already part of it but um here anakin comes up and and tells ahsoka i have a gift for you and um they go to a, a a hangar and there's a huge like platoon of uh clones and their helmets are repainted to look like ahsoka's face um and they're her clones they're specific for her and anakin's like i thought you could use these they're they're specifically for you commander um and then he's like wait i have one more gift for you before i leave and he presents her with two brand new lightsabers which ultimately as darth vader he finds one of them um at the end but that's the last time ahsoka ever sees anakin and it's definitely you know structured that way where they're like oh i'll see you after this or uh, after we're done here i'll meet with you you know like i'm gonna see you again um but it's the last time they ever see each other because obi-wan and anakin are getting the call that the chancellor has been kidnapped and they need to go save him so that's what leads into episode three and the Oh, so it kind of like directly, directly leads into it. Yeah. So they're leaving to go into episode three while Ahsoka's taking care of uh, Darth Maul. And that's why they give, that's why they ask her back is because 
the chancellor's been kidnapped. Anakin and Obi-Wan are the best to go after him. Um, and they're like, well, who's going to go after Maul then? Let's have Ahsoka go after Maul. She's trained. She can do it. Uh, and so that's like putting all that trust in Ahsoka finally. And her basically graduating from a Padawan to a master. Um, trusting to be on her own and take care of like one of the most ruthless, pure Siths that exist. And she does. She manages. She, like, captures him and does all that. But then, you know, the conspiracy starts showing up and Order 66, all the all the craziness. And ultimately, the final episode is Rex and Ahsoka escaping, trying to escape, but so is um, Maul because Maul knows he, he'll die too. So Maul escapes and goes off wherever he goes, and then Ahsoka and Rex disappear. But anyways, episode three. Yeah. So any other thoughts? I don't know. I mean, you know, it. I, I always say this, like, I really love the last like 40 minutes of the movie. That's, that's kind of for me, the part when it gets really good, the you know, like right after um, Anakin kind of turns and then an order. Well, okay. <laughs> Something I kind of nerded out over that uh, I like pointed out to Deandre that I don't think most people, pick up in the movie is um so at the end of the movie when they give the droids to um to, okay so so bail organa gives c-3po and r2d2 to captain antilles it's what happens at the end of episode three and at the beginning of episode four they're with they're on the ship where captain antilles is because that's who vader chokes at the beginning of the movie so it's just a cool little continuity thing that I really enjoy. Oh, yeah, is that, he, that he's a he too. geeked out about that for a good hot minute. And actually, speaking of the droids and stuff, one of the things I didn't really talk about in the show too, which unfortunately, but there is a few episodes with R2-D2 and C-3PO, or not C-3PO, but R2-D2 and other droids. And it's focused, they, they're they they're given their own like command. Like there's a, a, gen, um, a commander that leads them to go take care of a mission and it shows you the droid side of things you know how they're from their perspective how they're treated um and how people ignore them like how they're able to get things done just because oh it's just a droid they they're dumb you know and they're able to just like sneak on to like separatist ships without care because they're disregarded and they can steal information and stuff um and it just shows highlights the like the racism towards droids and like and and how smart they really are and just like how beneficial they really are to to the cause overall and just to people yeah they're sort of treated like an underclass even though they're really valuable to the literally even the the stupid shooting droid the roger roger droids are also treated like trash until they get to the the super droids you know the droidicas and all that and those ones are like oh we need to fear those but all the all the little roger roger ones are um they're like oh just shoot it yeah but yeah you're right and then so anyways going into episode three that i would say like the last like half of it is definitely very like it does decent in the beginning that whole air naval battle that happens airship battle that happens um as they're trying and that that moment with the uh the shield still being up and you're like that gives me such anxiety it really does. Like at the beginning when Obi-Wan and Anakin are flying into uh, Grievous's ship and then 
they're about to go and and, and Obi-Wan's like, have you noticed the shields are still up? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, this reminds me of like every first, like all of the shitty jobs I had when I was younger and just getting yelled at, like at the, working at the movie theater. Like, did you realize the popcorn machine is still on? Like that's the same energy that Obi-Wan yells at Anakin with. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> Yeah, and they're like in the banter of the show, like you know, it just it's it's more meaningful for episode three because you get to like the uh, the um, sassiness of like Obi Wan and te- and the the seriousness of An- and the like the cockiness of Anakin. Um, one of it, it one of in the season seven, one of the unique things that they show is. Uh, Padme and Anakin still hiding their their relationship, and Rex knows about it now. So, because Anakin confided in him, but Anakin hides in this little like uh room somewhere, and Rex is hiding is sitting standing outside, and he knocks on the door to say that Obi Wan's approaching, and he's talking inside. Anakin's talking to uh Padme on on the hollow disc. And he's like, I love you, blah, 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 whatever. I'm sorry I couldn't be there for whatever, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Padme's kind of has a little bit of a baby bump. Um, like slightly, but obviously she... It, 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 it starts mixing, so I don't know if it was he already knows at that point or what. But um, Obi-Wan starts approaching, you know, and uh, Rex is like, uh, Anakin's in there. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's why I'm going inside, Commander or uh, Captain. Um, and he's like, uh, he'll be right out. He, he just, he's, and he's just trying to hide it, obviously, Padme, Padme and Anakin. And then Anakin, like, abruptly comes right outside. And he's like, uh, Rex, thank you for, uh, I fixed your helmet. Uh, thank you for allowing me to work on it real quick. And he's like, hi, Master, what are you doing here? He's like, did you forget we have to go to whatever? Um, he's like, I didn't forget. I was waiting for you, and now you're here. Let's go. And so Anakin starts walking away, and before Obi-Wan follows, Obi-Wan's like, I, I hope you at least told Padme I said hi um, to show that, like, he wasn't fooling Obi-Wan. Like, Obi-Wan is very well aware of the relationship, even if he's not telling him. Um, and Anakin like looks back at him in disdain, just like pure like, why would you say that? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> and so it's just it just that snappy wit is more enhanced because of the show too. And I love that that little moments that you remember from episode three, like hello there when he shows up to take care of Grievous and everything, um, and then like all that wit goes away like in the second half because now obi-wan's in fear you know he's like i can't face anakin and he's telling yoda don't make me do this i will go let me go after sidious like don't 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 tell me to go after anakin i will not do that and oh that's brutal yeah yoda's like you're not strong enough for sidious you have to go after yeah and and he's like that is your pad one rein his ass in um and and yeah and and yoda's being like and and at that point that's another thing that the show adds to the movie that is like whoa is because in that moment yoda already knows yoda knows the way of events that's already going to happen because of what season six showed him um Mm. so yoda like already know he's like this is the last chance effort i have to take sidious um and so that whole 
Senate in the Senate battle happens and you and well before that you know he meets up with em- the Emperor Palpatine he like pimp walks in like I tweeted um yeah <laughs> that was a fun I love that moment in the in our live tweet um but yeah he like comes in and starts taking care of business and then the Senate battle happens and ultimately he fails and gets on the the speeder with Organa and when he's like into exile I must go that there's just more impact to it because of the show because now you're like he knows that he failed he knows the chain of events and he knows that he's gonna now have to wait for the neck for Luke like he's gonna have to go exile himself and wait for Luke so that's why he leaves off to Dagobah after deciding what to do with the kids um and he knows that it's Luke, you know, like the babies. He's like, it's it's one of these Skywalkers that's going to come to me. I don't know which one because Qui-Gon said there's another Skywalker. He didn't say two, but. Um, yeah, he just knows one of them is going to is going to come to him. Eventually. Yeah, so he knows he's failed and he has to. And it just that I have to go into exile is his like realizing that what I was shown is here. It has come to be. And I can't do, I can't intervene any longer. I can't do anymore. This is all I could do. Um, yeah. And it's, it's intense. yeah, yeah. It's very, and you're like, oh my God. Like you knew, you you were given the information. And Anakin too, uh, before his memory was wiped, he knew that this was going to be the way things could go. Um, and it's it's just like, intense to, that the show even decided to be like oh yeah we're gonna let them know that they know at some point um mm-hmm. and so yeah and then you lose that wit you know obi-wan's now afraid and like scared and like has to muster all his strength to just face his own like brother that he used to banter with and mean like oh anakin oh you you got the job done but at what cost like you need you have so much to learn la 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 um to yeah. be that's all what yeah it's it's like it's all gone and it's replaced by just like he's he's like dark and and i don't actually even remember what the last witty thing he said to anakin was um or because the last witty thing he actually says is probably with like grievous um yeah, that's true. And yeah, and so I don't even remember what the final thing he said to Anakin was or the final like witty thing he said. Oh, it was pro it was probably um that line where he's like taught when after he shoots Grievous, you know, with the blaster and he's like, Oh, uncivilized thing or whatever. Right. That was yeah. probably the last moment he's actually like witty and then everything starts getting serious from there and it just like the tone shifts, you know, it's not fun anymore. It's, it's, it's very serious. Like the Sith has managed to succeed and you lost your brother. And then you get into the, the epic final battle with Anakin and and Obi-Wan and he force chokes Padme and fucking kills her. Which actually, I honestly still believe that was Sidious who did that, though. Well, that's that's what I was gonna say. In in the in the novelization of the movie, um, Sidious like when he t- it shows like what Sidious is thinking uh, when he tells 
Anakin that he killed her. And he says that, um, like, like he, he thinks to himself, like, this is it. This is the lie that will bind him to me forever. And then he says, you killed her in your anger. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's not true. So, you know, he definitely is the reason that she dies because, like, the droid says, like, she's, you know, she's lost the will to live, which I, I realized we we're watching and I tweeted this. Like, it doesn't make any sense that the droid is like, she's totally healthy. Also, she's dying. Like, <laughs> both those things can't be true. Like, you have to, like, you have to, like, how do you know she's dying? And then the, the signs that she's dying would mean that she's not totally, anyway. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in for our deep dive. Um, and I mean, honestly, you guys should really thank DeAndre for, you know, going hard on Clone Wars and just kind of giving us this full detailed analysis. Um, this is kind of cool, like doing doing as much uh, homework as we did for this yeah, episode. And I, I wish I could go more into it, but like, I mean, there's. There's, I just watch the show. It's not hard. They're 24 minutes long and they they go by very fast. Like that was one of my favorite things about kind of binging it was how quick they went through. Um, and I think the longest episode really is like 30 minutes, but that's still not much. Um, yeah. And it's just, it, it's, there's some parts, you know, that you're like, why am I watching? It's their political episodes, you know, and you're sitting there and you're like, oh, this is kind of boring, but it's important because it shows you where the Senate's leading or where the separatists are heading. Um, and it shows you like the world of Coruscant. Like one of the things that doesn't really show in, in the movies is like, except for maybe the first one um, is the world. Like you go to, we go to Naboo several times. One of the, actually I have to bring this up cause I just learned this um, in looking things up. Uh, one of the unique things that the show introduced was the swine flu and so you know how we had the whole swine flu epidemic thing going on that a while back in so the show the show was ongoing at that time and so one of the episodes actually covers something like that it's called the um the blue something virus and it it comes from naboo and the scientist has weaponized it for the, the 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 sith and they discover it in time, so they seal off the uh, the facility because the virus escapes the it's it's like containment, and so they seal off the the facility. But Padme and several of the clones and Ahsoka all end up catching it um, because some something or another happens, and so it's up to Anakin and company to uh, go find a cure on this other planet that they're told the cure will exist. So I have to leave Naboo and race to go get that cure and bring it back. But it's all, it's all a commentary on the swine flu at that time. Um, which is, okay. which is, yeah, it is. Cause that's something to pay attention to today because a lot of media that will come out in the next few years will have an element of like a pandemic or some sort of virus breaks out or whatever. Because an, another show that actually did that during that time was uh, Heroes. In Heroes Season 2, it was all about this deadly virus breaking out and them racing against the clock to find it and save the world. And so you're gonna, we're going to have media like that. But yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. I, I'm sure I'll utilize the Clone Wars in different areas and bring up certain things based throughout what we watch. Um, Cause it's definitely given more to it. And there's two other shows that have come out um, since then from the same creators. Uh, Dave Filoni is the head. Dave Filoni is basically George Lucas of the television shows. Uh, Dave Filoni uh, led the Clone Wars. He did uh, Star Wars Rebels, which lasted about three, four seasons. And then he did um, Star Wars Resistance, which is is after episode um, six, in between six and seven. And then there's another show that it, 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 it's not linear. It's just little vignette stories, but they're it's called Star Wars Destiny, and it's on Disney Plus. If you guys want to watch it, but it covers from the very beginning, like from episode one to episode nine, um, and it has just little moments that you may not have known, or little moments they wanted to share that they wanted to create something on, but they just couldn't fit it in. So they created this series called Destiny, where it it it's a little it's an episode of like. Ray and BB-8, you know, um, meeting each other and becoming friends and, like, how their friendship grew in the desert, you know, and different different things that they weren't able to fit into the other media that they just put in there. But, yeah, thank you, guys. This, yeah. was, this was fun and this is epic. This won't – this is definitely not going to be the standard. Um, episode, <laughs> the other ones will probably be shorter because we're not watching any shows with it, but – Yeah, um, this is this is pretty cool so far, though. I'm excited to do the next two parts, and um, yeah. So we'll see you guys thank soon. Thank you for listening. We love you very much, and thank you for sticking with us on our very first prequel Star Wars special. Yes. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. I'm excited that we're finally doing a series. We've kind of been talking about doing something like this for a while. And an epic start to it has, it has been. This is basically a movie. Like the, our this episode is like movie length. <laughs> yeah, this is like a this is a Joe Rogan level podcast. <laughs> is is this episode <laughs> two hours long? I think it's a. I edit it all together. It'll probably be about like two hours. Oh, man, um, take it in segments, guys. <laughs> I mean, we talked about three movies and an entire TV show. So, and, and I paraphrased most of it, and like yeah. so much I could still go into. But yeah, honestly, I think you did a pretty solid job of kind of like distilling down the essence of it. And I appreciate yeah. it. I hope I did. Um, yeah. Yeah, but thank you guys. I this is. Yeah, this is epic. I don't know what else we're going to do Star Wars, but I'm sure there's plenty of other media we can go into. Um, oh yeah, yeah, we're going to go down the rabbit hole. But yeah, so for now, our episode's obviously going to switch up. We're going to be doing just these specials for now, so we're not going to be talking about much other than Star Wars and its benefits and what it means. You know, you know, we'll we'll dive into Galaxy's Edge too. Why not? We'll we'll talk about all things Star Wars. Might as well and throw in some comic books and stuff. What a way to start it on the anniversary of 15 years ago when it was released. 
it's kind of fitting that for like something you know like we're doing it on the anniversary and we release this epic episode the force the force guided us to this moment it did indeed speaking of which uh, actually it's not related whatsoever i'm just shamelessly gonna plug things now because that's what we do like at the end of the episode so we changed up our patreon a little bit you guys if you go to um, patreon.com slash discussion ready 505, um, we have a couple different things that we're offering on different tiers. So um, if you sign up at the $3 level, uh, you can have access to a bonus episode every month. We're going to record a bonus episode and you guys get to vote on what we talk about. Uh, if you That is if you sign up to be a patron, then you get to vote on what we talk about. So that's pretty cool. If you sign up at the $5 level, uh, I'm writing about all the movies that we uh, talk about on the show, and you can have access to everything that I write. And I think DeAndre will probably write, write some stuff eventually and put some stuff up there if he feels like it. I do. You think uh, you're going to? Yeah. We'll talk later because there's some things I want to ask uh, that don't need to be in the episode really. But um, yeah. Of course. So that's, you know, that's another thing uh, you get with when you sign up at the $5 level. Um <clears throat> In addition to the uh, bonus episode. And then if you sign up at the $10 level, which is the highest level that we have, um, you guys not only get access to the first two things, you get um, something that I'm going to offer is if you have a movie that you want me to write about, you can let me know. And I will. Um, Because if you're going to pay us $10 a month, then I think you deserve that. And also, we had so much fun doing our Zoom session and watching uh, the movie together long distance we decided that um if people want to pay at the ten dollar level we're going to open that up to you guys and so for our ten dollar level patrons our vip patrons you guys will be sent a zoom link once a month and you can kind of you can actually watch one of the movies that we talk about with us and that's going to be a monthly thing so that's pretty cool we're going to try to get like a you know once we get a couple of you guys, we'll have like a little group together and we'll just, you know, be watching movies together every month. And I mean, I think that sounds awesome. I concur. So you can um, do that at uh, patreon.com slash discussion ready 505. Also, you should follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ReadyPod. And if you like the show and you can't afford to uh, be a patron right now, that's okay. We understand. There's a lot of shit going on. What you can do is you can rate and review the podcast, and that will help us a lot. Man, you got me thinking about the next two episodes and these the the next six movies on on, on different regards. I'm like already thinking of different things. I'm like, oh, we can talk about, and I'm like, all right, we will. <laughs> it's gonna be dope guys so um you know stay tuned uh i'm excited to continue this series and um oh and there should be more live tweets uh are, are we gonna do the next one this week or are we starting next week what are we gonna do uh we'll talk about it and we'll 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 spread the word but um unfortunately franco was supposed to be here in person but that would have i mean i guess you would have technically stayed the night at this point yeah but so this will this i'm thinking this will probably be our last uh long distance episode so the next episode will probably be in person as the world starts turning again we shall start churning again indeed churning we shall 
have a lovely night and day and whatever time you're listening to this uh thank you for the enjoying the special and as always good good day good da- i don't know i don't know what to say anymore i'm i'm drained <laughs> from this epic long conversation <laughs> Uh, may the force be with you. Ah, uh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. Thanks a lot. We'll see you soon. <laughs>